0: Venus and Adonis. By William Shakespeare. Vilia marita Volgus. Mihi Flavus Apollo Pacula Castalia plena Ministred Aqua. To the Right Honourable Henry Riethously, Earl of Southampton, and Baron of Titchfield. Right Honourable, I know not how I shall offend in dedicating my unpolished lines to your lordship, nor how the world will censure me for choosing so strong a prop to support so weak a burthen, only, if your honour seem but pleased. I account myself highly praised, and vow to take advantage of all idle hours till I have honoured you with some graver labour. But if the first heir of my invention prove deformed, I shall be sorry it had so noble a godfather, and never after ere so barren a land, for fear it yield me still so bad a harvest. I leave it to your honourable survey, and your honour to your heart's content, which I wish may always answer your own wish and the world's hopeful expectation. Your honor's in all duty, William Shakespeare, Venus and Adonis. Even as the sun with purple-colored face had ta'en his last leave of the weeping morn, rose-cheeked Adonis hied him to the chase. Hunting he loved, but love he laughed to scorn. For sick-thoughted Venus makes a mane unto him, and like a bold efface suitor gins to woo him. Thrice fairer than myself. Thus she began. The field's chief flower, sweet above compare, Eight stain to all nymphs, more lovely than a man, More white and red than doves or roses are, Nature that made thee, with herself at strife, saith that the world hath ending with thy life. 12. Vouchsafe, thou wonder, to alight thy steed, And rein his proud head to the saddle-bow, If thou wilt deign this favour, For thy meat a thousand honey-secrets shalt thou know. 16. Here come and sit, whenever serpent hisses, And being set, I'll smother thee with kisses. And yet not cloy thy lips with loath satiety, But rather famish them amid their plenty, Twenty making them red and pale, With fresh variety, Ten kisses short as one, One long as twenty. A summer's day will seem an hour but short, Being wasted in such time-beguiling sport. 24. With this she seizeth on his sweating palm, The precedent of pith and livelihood, And trembling in her passion, Calls it balm, Earth's sovereign salve to do a goddess good. Twenty-eight, being so enragged, desire doth lend her force courageously to pluck him from his horse. Over one arm the lusty courser's rein; under her other was the tender boy, thirty-two, who blushed and pouted in a dull disdain, with leaden appetite, unapt to toy. She red and hot as coals of glowing fire; he red for shame, but frosty in desire. Thirty-six, the studded bridle on a ragged bow nimbly she fastens. Oh, how quick is love! THE STEED IS STALLED UP, AND EVEN NOW TO TIE THE RIDER SHE BEGINS TO PROVE, FORTY BACKWARD SHE PUSHED HIM, AS SHE WOULD BE THRUST, AND GOVERNED HIM IN STRENGTH, THOUGH NOT IN LUST. SO SOON WAS SHE ALONG, AS HE WAS DOWN, EACH LEANING ON THEIR ELBOWS AND THEIR HIPS, FORTY-FOUR NOW doth SHE STROKE HIS CHEEK, NOW doth HE FROWN, AND GINS TO CHIDE, BUT SOON SHE STOPS HIS LIPS, AND KISSING SPEAKS, WITH LUSTFUL LANGUAGE BROKEN. If thou wilt chide, thy lips shall never open. 48. He burns with bashful shame. She with her tears doth quench the maiden burning of his cheeks. Then with her windy sighs and golden hairs to fan and blow them dry again she seeks. 52. He says she is immodest, blames her miss. What follows more? She murders with a kiss. Even as an empty eagle, sharp by fast, tires with her beak and feathers, flesh and bone. 56. Shaking her wings. Devouring all in haste, till either gorge be stuffed or prey be gone, even so she kissed his brow, his cheek, his chin, and where she ends she doth anew begin. 60. For to content, but never to obey, panting he lies, and breatheth in her face. She feedeth on the steam, as on a prey, and calls it heavenly moisture, air of grace. 60. For wishing her cheeks were gardens full of flowers, so they were dewed with such distilling showers. Look how a bird lies tangled in a net, So fastened in her arms Adonis lies. Sixty-eight pure shame and odd resistance made him fret, Which bred more beauty in his angry eyes. Rain added to a river that is rank perforce will force it overflow the bank. Seventy-two. Still she entreats, and prettily entreats, For to a pretty ear she tunes her tale. Still is he sullen, still he lures and frets, Twixt crimson shame and anger ashy pale seventy-six being red she loves him best, and being white, her best is bettered with a more delight. Look how he can, she cannot choose but love, and by her fair immortal hand she swears, eighty from his soft bosom never to remove, till he take truce with her contending tears, which long have reigned, making her cheeks all wet, and one sweet kiss shall pay this countless debt. Upon this promise did he raise his chin, eighty-five like a dive dapper peering through a wave, who, being looked on, Duck says quickly in, so offers he to give what she did crave, eighty-eight, but when her lips were ready for his pay, he winks, and turns his lips another way. Never did passenger in summer's heat more thirst for drink than she for this good turn. Ninety-two her help she sees, but help she cannot get, she bathes in water, yet her fire must burn. Oh, pity, gone she cry, flint-hearted boy, tis but a kiss I beg, why art thou coy? Ninety-six. I have been wooed as I entreat thee now, even by the stern and direful god of war, whose sinewy neck in battle ne'er did bow, who conquers where he comes in every jar. One hundred yet hath he been my captive and my slave, and begged for that which thou unasked shalt have. Over my altars hath he hung his lance, his battered shield, his uncontrolled crest, one hundred and four, and for my sake hath learned to sport and dance, to toy, to wanton, dally, smile, and jest. SCORNING HIS CHURLISH DRUM AND ENSIGN RED MAKING MY ARMS HIS FIELD, HIS TENT MY BED. ONE HUNDRED AND EIGHT THUS HE THAT overawed I OVERSWAYED, LEAVING HIM PRISONER IN A RED ROSE CHAIN, STRONG-TEMPERED STEEL HIS STRONGER STRENGTH OBEYED, YET WAS HE servile TO MY coy DISDAIN. ONE HUNDRED AND TWELVE O BE NOT PROUD, NOR BRAG NOT OF THY MIGHT, FOR MASTERING HER THAT FOILED THE GOD OF FIGHT. TOUCH BUT MY LIPS WITH THOSE FAIR LIPS OF THINE, THOUGH MINE BE NOT SO FAIR. Yet are they red, one hundred and sixteen, The kiss shall be thine own as well as mine, What seest thou in the ground? Hold up thy head, look in mine eyeballs, there thy beauty lies, Then why not lips on lips, since eyes and eyes? One hundred and twenty, art thou Asham to kiss? Then wink again, and I will wink, so shall the day seem night. Love keeps his revels where there are but twain, Be bold to play, our sport is not in sight, one hundred and twenty-four these blue-veined violets whereon we lean never can blab, nor know not what we mean. The tender spring upon thy tempting lip one hundred and twenty-seven shows thee unripe, yet mayst thou well be tasted, make use of time, let not advantage slip, beauty within itself should not be wasted, fair flowers that are not gathered in their prime rot, and consume themselves in little time. One hundred and thirty-two. Were I hard-favoured, foul, or wrinkled old, ill-nurdered, crooked, churlish, harsh in voice, o'erworn, despised, rheumatic, and cold, thick sided barren, lean, and lacking juice, one hundred and thirty-six. then mightst thou pause, for then I were not for thee, but having no defects, why dost abhor me? Thou canst not see one wrinkle in my brow, one hundred and thirty-nine mine eyes are grey and bright, and quick in turning. My beauty as the spring doth yearly grow, my flesh is soft and plump, my marrow burning, my smooth, moist hand, were it with thy hand felt, would in thy palm dissolve, or seem to melt. 144. Bid me discourse, I will enchant thine ear, or like a fairy, trip upon the green, or like a nymph, with long dishevelled hair, dance on the sands, and yet no footing seen. 148. Love is a spirit all compact of fire. Not gross to sink, but light, and will aspire. Witness this primrose bank whereon I lie, One hundred and fifty when these forceless flowers like sturdy trees support me. Two strengthless doves will draw me through the sky, From morn till night, even where I list to sport me. Is love so light, sweet boy, And may it be that thou shouldst think it heavy unto thee? 156. Is thine own heart to thine own face affected? Can thy right hand seize love upon thy left? Then woo thyself, be of thyself rejected, steal thine own freedom, and complain on theft. One hundred and sixty Narcissus so himself himself forsook, and died to kiss his shadow in the brook. Torches are made to light, jewels to wear, dainties to taste, fresh beauty for the use, one hundred and sixty four herbs for their smell, and sappy plants to bear. Things growing to themselves are gross abuse, seeds spring from seeds and beauty breedeth beauty. Thou wast begot, to get it is thy duty. 168. Upon the earth's increase why shouldst thou feed, unless the earth with thy increase be fed? By law of nature thou art bound to breed, that thine may live when thou thyself art dead. 172. And so in spite of death thou dost survive, in that thy likeness still is left alive. By this the lovesick queen began to sweat. FOR WHERE THEY LAY THE SHADOW HAD forsook THEM, ONE HUNDRED AND SEVENTY-SIX and TITAN, TIRED IN THE MIDDAY HEAT, WITH BURNING I DID HOTLY OVERLOOK THEM, WISHING ADONIS HAD HIS TEAM TO GUIDE, SO HE WERE LIKE HIM AND BY VENUS' SIDE. ONE HUNDRED AND EIGHTY. AND NOW ADONIS WITH A LAZY SPRITE, AND WITH A HEAVY, DARK, DISLIKING EYE, HIS LOWERING BROWS OVERWHELMING HIS FAIR SIGHT, LIKE MISTY VAPORS WHEN THEY BLOT THE SKY, One hundred and eighty-four souring his cheeks, cries, Fie, no more of love, the sun doth burn my face, I must remove. I me, quoth Venus, young and so unkind, what bare excuses makest thou to be gone? One hundred and eighty-eight I'll sigh celestial breath, Whose gentle wind shall cool the heat of this descending sun, I'll make a shadow for thee of my hairs, if they burn too, I'll quench them with my tears. 192. The sun that shines from heaven shines but warm, and lo, I lie between that sun and thee. The heat I have from thence doth little harm, thine eye darts forth the fire that burneth me. 196. And were I not immortal, life were done, between this heavenly and earthly sun. Art thou obdurate, flinty, hard as steel? Nay, more than flint, for stone at rain relenteth. Two hundred art thou a woman's son, and canst not fear what tis to love, How want of love tormenteth? O had thy mother borne so hard a mind, She had not brought forth thee, But died unkind. 204. What am I that thou shouldst contemn me this? Or what great danger dwells upon my suit? What were thy lips the worse for one poor kiss? Speak fair, but speak fair words, Or else be mute. 208. Give me one kiss, I'll give it thee again, And one for interest, if thou wilt have twain. Fie, lifeless picture, cold and senseless stone, well-painted idol, image dull and dead, two hundred and twelve statue, contenting but the eye alone, thing like a man, but of no woman bred, thou art no man, though of a man's complexion, for men will kiss even by their own direction. 216. This said, impatience chokes her pleading tongue, and swelling passion doth provoke a pause, red cheeks and fiery eyes blaze forth her wrong, being judge in love. She cannot write her cause. Two-twenty, and now she weeps, And now she fain would speak, And now her sobs do her intendments break. Sometimes she shakes her head, And then his hand, Now gazes she on him, Now on the ground. Two-hundred and twenty-four, Sometimes her arms enfold him like a band, She would, He will not in her arms be bound, And when from thence he struggles to be gone, She locks her lily fingers one in one. Two-hundred and twenty-eight. Fondling, she saith. Since I have hemmed thee here within the circuit of this ivory pale, I'll be a park, and thou shalt be my dear, feed where thou wilt, on mountain or in dale. Two hundred and thirty-two grays on my lips, and if those hills be dry, stray lower, where the pleasant fountains lie. Within this limit is relief enough, sweet bottom grass and high delightful plain. Two hundred and thirty-six round rising hillocks, breaks obscure and rough, to shelter thee from tempest and from rain, then be my deer." Since I am such a park, two hundred and thirty-nine no-dog shall rouse thee, though a thousand bark. At this Adonis smiles as in disdain, that in each cheek appears a pretty dimple. Love made those hollows, if himself were slain, he might be buried in a tomb so simple. Two hundred and forty-four for knowing well, if there he came to lie, why their love lived, and there he could not die. These lovely caves, these round enchanting pits, open their mouths to swallow Venus' liking. Two hundred and forty-eight being mad before, how doth she now for wits? Struck dead at first, what needs a second striking? Poor queen of love, in thine own law forlorn, to love a cheek that smiles at thee in scorn. 252. Now which way shall she turn? What shall she say? Her words are done, her woes the more increasing. The time is spent, her object will away, and from her twining arms doth urge releasing. Two hundred and fifty six. Pity, she cries. Some favour, some remorse. Away he springs, and hasteth to his horse. But lo, from forth a copse that neighbours by, a breeding jennet, lusty, young, and proud, two hundred and sixty Adonis' tramping courser doth espy, and forth she rushes, snorts and neighs aloud. The strong necked steed, being tied unto a tree, breaketh his rein, and to her straight goes he. 264. Imperiously he leaps, he neighs, he bounds, and now his woven girths he breaks asunder, the bearing earth with his hard hoof he wounds, whose hollow womb resounds like heaven's thunder, the iron bit he crusheth tween his teeth. 269. Controlling what he was controlled with. His ears uppricked, his braided hanging mane upon his compass crest now stand on end. 272. His nostrils drink the air. And forth again, as from a furnace, vapors doth he send. His eye, which scornfully glisters like fire, shows his hot courage and his high desire. 276. Sometime he trots, as if he told the steps, with gentle majesty and modest pride. Anon he rears upright, curvets and leaps, as who should say, Lo, thus my strength is tried, and this I do to captivate the eye, 281 of the fair breeder that is standing by. What recketh he his rider's angry stir, His flattering holla, or his? Stand, I say, two hundred and eighty For what cares he now for curb or pricking spur? For rich comparisons or trappings gay? He sees his love, and nothing else he sees, For nothing else with his proud sight agrees. Two hundred and eighty-eight Look when a painter would surpass the life In limbing out a well-proportioned steed, His art with nature's workmanship at strife as if the dead the living should exceed. 292 so did this horse excel a common one, in shape, in courage, color, pace and bone. Round-hoofed, short-jointed, fetlocks shag and long, broad breast, full eye, small head, and nostril wide, high crest, short ears, straight legs and passing strong, thin mane, thick tail, broad buttock, tender hide. Look, what a horse should have he did not lack save a proud rider on so proud a back three hundred sometimes he scuds far off and there he stares anon he starts at stirring of a feather to bid the wind a base he now prepares and where he run or fly they know not whether three hundred and four for through his mane and tail the high wind sings, fanning the hairs who wave like feathered wings he looks upon his love and neighs unto her She answers him as if she knew his mind, three hundred and eight being proud. As females are, to see him woo her, she puts on outward strangeness, seems unkind, spurns at his love and scorns the heat he feels, beating his kind embracements with her heels. Three hundred and twelve. Then like a melancholy malcontent, he veils his tail that like a falling plume, cools shadow to his melting buttock lent, he stamps, and bites the poor flies in his fume. 316 his love, perceiving how he was enragged, grew kinder, and his fury was aswagged His testy master goeth about to take him, when lo the unbacked breeder, full of fear, 320 jealous of catching, swiftly doth forsake him, with her the horse, and left Adonis there, as they were mad, unto the wood they hide them, outstripping crows that strive to overfly them. 324. All swollen with chafing down Adonis sits, banning his boisterous and unruly beast, and now the happy season once more fits that lovesick love by pleading may be blessed. 328 for lovers say, the heart hath treble wrong, when it is barred the aidence of the tongue. An oven that is stopped, or river stayed, burneth more hotly, swelleth with more rage, 332 so of concealed sorrow may be said, free vent of words love's fire doth assuage. But when the heart's attorney once is mute, the client breaks, as desperate in his suit. 336. He sees her coming, and begins to glow, even as a dying coal revives with wind, and with his bonnet hides his angry brow, looks on the dull earth with disturbed mind, 340 taking no notice that she is so nigh, for all askance he holds her in his eye. Oh what a sight it was, whistly to view how she came stealing to the wayward boy, 344 to note the fighting conflict of her hue, how white and red each other did destroy. But now her cheek was pale, and by and by it flashed forth fire, as lightning from the sky. 348. Now was she just before him as he sat, and like a lowly lover down she kneels. With one fair hand she heveth up his hat, her other tender hand his fair cheek feels. 352 his ten rare cheek receives her soft hands print. As apt as new fallen snow takes any dint. Oh what a war of looks was then between them. Her eyes petitioners to his eyes suing. 356 his eyes saw her eyes as they had not seen them. Her eyes wooed still. His eyes disdained the wooing. And all this dumb play had his acts made plain with tears. Which, chorus-like, her eyes did rain. Full gently now she takes him by the hand. 361 a lily prisoned in a jail of snow. Or ivory in an alabaster band, So white a friend and girds, So white a foe, Three hundred and sixty-four This beauteous combat, Willful and unwilling, Showed like two silver doves That sit a-billing. Once more the engine Of her thoughts began. O fairest mover On this mortal round, Three hundred and sixty-eight Would thou word as I am, And I am man, My heart all whole as thine, Thy heart my wound, For one sweet look Thy help I would assure thee, Though nothing but my body's Bane would cure thee, Give me my hand, saith he. Why dost thou feel it? Give me my heart, saith she, and thou shalt have it. O give it me lest thy hard heart do steal it, and being steeled, soft sighs can never grave it. 376 then love's deep groans I never shall regard, because Adonis heart hath made mine hard. For shame, he cries, let go, and let me go, my day's delight is past, my horse is gone. 380, and tis your fault I am bereft him so, I pray you hence, and leave me here alone, for all my mind, my thought, my busy care, is how to get my palfrey from the mare. 384, thus she replies, thy palfrey as he should, welcomes the warm approach of sweet desire, affection is a cold that must be cooled, else, suffered, it will set the heart on fire, 388 the sea hath bounds, but deep desire hath none. Therefore no marvel though thy horse be gone. How like a jade he stood tied to the tree, servile mastered with a leathern rein. 392. But when he saw his love, his youth's fair fee, he held such petty bondage in disdain, throwing the base thong from his bending crest, enfranchising his mouth, his back, his breast. 396. Who sees his true love in her naked bed, teaching the sheets a whiter hue than white? but when his glutton eye so full hath fed, his other agents aim at like delight. Four hundred who is so faint that dare not be so bold to touch the fire, the weather being cold? Let me excuse thy courser, gentle boy, and learn of him. I heartily beseech thee, four hundred and four, to take advantage on presented joy, though I were dumb, yet his proceedings teach thee. O learn to love, the lesson is but plain, and once made perfect, never lost again. Four hundred and eight. I know not love. Quoth he, Nor will not know it, Unless it be a boar, and then I chase it. Tis much to borrow, and I will not owe it. My love to love is love but to disgrace it. 412. For I have heard, It is a life and death, That laughs and weeps, and all but with a breath. Who wears a garment shapeless and unfinished? Who plucks the bud before one leaf put forth? 416. If springing things be any jot diminished, they wither in their prime, prove nothing worth. The colt that's backed and burdened being young, Lasseth his pride, and never waxeth strong. 420. You hurt my hand with ringing. Let us part, and leave this idle theme, this bootless chat. Remove your siege from my unyielding heart, To love's alarms that will not open the gate. 424. Dismiss your vows, your faint tears, your flattery, For where a heart is hard they make no battery. What? Canst thou talk? Quoth she. Hast thou a tongue? Oh, would thou hadst not, or I had no hearing. 428 Thy mermaid's voice hath done me double wrong. I had my load before, now pressed with bearing, melodious discord, heavenly tune, harsh sounding, ears deep sweet music, and hearts deep sore wounding. Had I no eyes but ears, my ears would love 433 that inward beauty and invisible. Or were I deaf, Thy outward parts would move each part in me that were but sensible. 436 though neither eyes nor ears, to hear nor see, yet should I be in love by touching thee. Say that the sense of feeling were bereft me, and that I could not see, nor hear, nor touch. 440 and nothing but the very smell were left me, yet would my love to thee be still as much. For from the stillatory of thy face excelling comes breath perfumed, that breedeth love by smelling. But, O, oh, what banquet wert thou to the taste, Four hundred and forty-five being nurse and feeder of the other four, Would they not wish the feast might ever last, And bid suspicion double-lock the door, less jealousy, That sour unwelcome guest, Should buy his stealing and disturb the feast. Four hundred and forty-eight Once more the ruby-colored portal opened, Which to his speech did honey passage yield, Four hundred and fifty-two like a red morn That ever yet betokened rack to the seamen, Tempest to the field, Sorrow to shepherds, woe unto the birds, Gusts and foul flaws to herd men and to herds. 456. This ill presage advisedly she marketh, Even as the wind is hushed before it raineth, Or as the wolf doth grin before he barketh, Or as the berry breaks before it staineth, Four hundred and sixty, or like the deadly bullet of a gun, His meaning struck her ere his words begun. And at his look she flatly falleth down for looks kill love, and love by looks reviveth, four hundred and sixty-four a smile recurs the wounding of a frown, but blessed bankrupt that by love so thriveth. The silly boy, believing she is dead, claps her pale cheek, till clapping makes it red. Four hundred and sixty-eight. And all amassed break off his late intent, for sharply he did think to reprehend her, which cunning love did wittily prevent, fair fall the wit that can so well defend her, for seventy-two for on the grass she lies as she were slain, till his breath breatheth life in her again. He wrings her nose, he strikes her on the cheeks, he bends her fingers, holds her pulses hard, four hundred and seventy-six he chafes her lips. A thousand ways he seeks to mend the hurt that his unkindness marred. He kisses her, and she, by her good will, will never rise, so he will kiss her still. 480. The night of sorrow now is turned to day. Her two blue windows faintly she upheveth, like the fair sun when in his fresh array he cheers the morn, and all the world relieveth. 484, and as the bright sun glorifies the sky, so is her face illumined with her eye, whose beams upon his hairless face are fixed, as if from thence they borrowed all their shine. 488 were never four such lamps together mixed, had not his clouded with his brows repine, but hers— which through the crystal tears gave light shone like the moon in water seen by night. 492. Oh, where am I? Quoth she. In earth or heaven? Or in the ocean drenched? Or in the fire? What hour is this? Or morn or weary even? Do I delight to die? Or life desire? 496. But now I lived, and life was death's annoy. But now I died, and death was lively joy. O thou didst kill me, kill me once again, thy eyes shrewd tutor, that hard heart of thine. Five hundred hath taught them scornful tricks, and such disdain, that they have murdered this poor heart of mine, and these mine eyes, true leaders to their queen, but for thy piteous lips no more had seen. Five hundred and four. Long may they kiss each other for this cure. O never let their crimson liveries wear, and as they last, their verdure still endure, To drive infection from the dangerous year. Five hundred and eight that the stargazers, Having rid on death, may say, The plague is banished by thy breath. Pure lips, sweet seals in my soft lips imprinted, What bargains may I make, still to be sealing? Five hundred and twelve to sell myself I can be well contented, So thou wilt buy, and pay, and use good dealing. Which purchase if thou make, for fear of slips, Set thy seal manual on my wax-red lips. 516. A thousand kisses buys my heart from me, and pay them at thy leisure, one by one, what is ten hundred touches unto thee? Are they not quickly told and quickly gone? 520. Say, for non-payment that the debt should double, is twenty hundred kisses such a trouble? Fair queen, quoth he, if any love you owe me, measure my strangeness with my unripe years, 524. Before I know myself, seek not to know me. No fisher but the ungrown fry forebears, The mellow plum doth fall, The green sticks fast, Or, being early plucked, is sour to taste. 528. Look the world's comforter, With weary gait his days hot task hath ended in the west. The owl, night's herald, shrieks, Tis very late. The sheep are gone to fold, Birds to their nest, Five hundred and thirty-two in coal black clouds That shadow heaven's light do summon us to part, And bid good night. Now let me say good night, and so say you. If you will say so, you shall have a kiss. 536. Good night. Quoth she, and ere he says adieu, the honey fee of parting tendered is, her arms do lend his neck a sweet embrace. Incorporate then they seem, face grows to face. 540. Till breathless he disjoined, and backward drew the heavenly moisture, that sweet coral mouth. Whose precious taste her thirsty lips well knew, Whereon they surfeit, yet complain on drouth, Five hundred and forty-four he with her plenty pressed, She faint with dearth, their lips together glued, Fall to the earth. Now quick desire hath caught the yielding prey, And glutton like she feeds, yet never filleth. Five hundred and forty-eight her lips are conquerors, His lips obey, paying what ransom the insulter willeth, Whose vulture thought doth pitch the price so high, that she will draw his lips rich treasure dry. 552. And having felt the sweetness of the spoil, with blindfold fury she begins to forage. Her face doth reek and smoke, her blood doth boil, and careless lust stirs up a desperate courage. 556 planting oblivion, beating reason back, forgetting shame's pure blush and honor's rack. Hot, faint, and weary, with her heart embracing, like a wild bird being tamed with too much handling, or as the fleet-foot-road that's tiered with chasing, five hundred and sixty-one, or like the froward infant stilled with dandling, he now obeys, and now no more resisteth, while she takes all she can, not all she listeth. Five hundred and sixty-four. What wax so frozen but dissolves with tempering, and yields at last to every light impression? Things out of hope are compassed oft with venturing, chiefly in love, Whose leave exceeds commission, Five hundred and sixty-eight affection Faints not like a pale facet coward, But then woos best when most his choice is froward. When he did frown, oh had she then gave over, Such nectar from his lips she had not sucked. Five hundred and seventy-two foul words and frowns Must not repel a lover, What though the rose have prickles, yet tis plucked. Where beauty under twenty locks kept fast, Yet love breaks through, and picks them all at last. For pity now she can no more detain him. 577 the poor fool prays her that he may depart. She is resolved no longer to restrain him. Bids him farewell. And look well to her heart. 580 the witch by cupid's bow she doth protest. He carries thence encaged in, in his breast. Sweet boy. She says. This night I waste in sorrow. For my sick heart commands mine eyes to watch. 584 tell me. Love's master, shall we meet tomorrow, say, shall we? Shall we? Wilt thou make the match? He tells her no. Tomorrow he intends to hunt the boar with certain of his friends. 588. The boar, quoth she, whereat a sudden pale, like lawn being spread upon the blushing rose, usurps her cheek, she trembles at his tail, and on his neck her yoking arms she throws. 592 she sinketh down. Still hanging by his neck, he on her belly falls, she on her back. Now is she in the very lists of love, her champion mounted for the hot encounter. 596 all is imaginary she doth prove, he will not manage her, although he mount her. That worse than tantalus's her annoy, to clip Elysium and to lack her joy. 600. Even as poor birds, deceived with painted grapes, do surfeit by the eye and pine them all, even so she languisheth in her mishaps, As those poor birds that helpless berry saw. Six hundred and four the warm effects which she in him finds missing, She seeks to kindle with continual kissing. But all in vain, good queen, it will not be, She hath assayed as much as may be proud. Six hundred and eight her pleading hath deserved a greater fee, She's love, she loves, and yet she is not loved. Fie, fie, he says, you crush me, let me go, You have no reason to withhold me so. 612. Thou hadst been gone. Quoth she. Sweet boy, ere this, but that thou toldst me thou wouldst hunt the boar. O Beadvest, thou knowest not what it is, with javelins point a churlish swine to gore, 616, whose tushes never sheathed he wettest still, like to a mortal butcher, bent to kill. On his bow back he hath a battle set of bristly pikes, that ever threat his foes. 620 His eyes like glowworms shine when he doth fret, his snout digs sepulchres where'er he goes. Being emoved, he strikes whatever is in his way, and whom he strikes his crooked tushes slay. 624. His brawny sides, with hairy bristles armed, are better proof than thy spear's point can enter. His short thick neck cannot be easily harmed. Being ireful, on the lion he will venture six hundred and twenty-eight the thorny brambles and embracing bushes as fearful of him part through whom he rushes alas he not esteems that face of thine to which love's eyes pay tributary gazes six hundred and thirty-two nor thy soft hands sweet lips and crystalline whose full perfection all the world amazes but having the advantage wondrous dread would root these beauties as he roots the mead O let him keep his loathsome cabin still, six hundred and thirty-seven beauty hath not to do with such foul fiends. Come not within his danger by thy will. They that thrive well, take counsel of their friends. When thou didst name the boar, not to dissemble, I feared thy fortune, and my joints did tremble. Didst thou not mark my face, was it not white? Sawst thou not signs of fear lurk in mine eye? 644 grew I not faint, and fell I not downright? Within my bosom, whereon thou dost lie, My boating heart pants, beats, and takes no rest, But like an earthquake, shakes thee on my breast. For where love reigns, disturbing jealousy 649 doth call himself affection's sentinel, Gives false alarms, suggesteth mutiny, And in a peaceful hour doth cry, Kill, kill, 652 distempering gentle love in his desire, As air and water do abate the fire, this sour informer, this bait-breeding spy, this canker that eats up love's tender spring, six hundred and fifty six. this carry-tale, dissentious jealousy, that sometime true news, sometime false doth bring, knocks at my heart, and whispers in mine ear, that if I love thee, I thy death should fear. 660. And more than so, presenteth to mine I the picture of an angry chafing boar, Under whose sharp fangs on his back doth lie an image like thyself, all stained with gore, six hundred and sixty-four, whose blood upon the fresh flowers being shed, doth make them droop with grief and hang the head. What should I do, seeing thee so indeed, that tremble at th' imagination? Six hundred and sixty-eight, the thought of it doth make my faint heart bleed, and fear doth teach it divination. I prophesy thy death, my living sorrow if thou encounter with the boar to-morrow. 672. But if thou needs wilt hunt, be are you by me, uncouple at the timorous flying hare, or at the fox which lives by subtlety, or at the roe which no encounter dare, 676 pursue these fearful creatures o'er the downs, and on thy well-breath horse keep with thy hounds. And when thou hast on foot the purblind hare, mark the poor wretch, to overshoot his troubles. 680. How he outruns the wind, and with what care he cranks and crosses with a thousand doubles. The many musets through the which he goes are like a labyrinth to amaze his foes. 684. Sometime he runs among a flock of sheep, to make the cunning hounds mistake their smell, and sometime where earth delving conies keep, to stop the loud pursuers in their yell. 688. And sometimes sorteth with a herd of deer. Danger deviseth shifts. With waits on fear. For there his smell with others being mingled, six hundred and ninety-one the hot-scent-snuffing hounds are driven to doubt, ceasing their clamorous cry, till they have singled with much ado the cold fault cleanly out. Then do they spend their mouths, Echo replies, as if another chase were in the skies. 696 By this, poor what, far off upon a hill, stands on his hinder legs with listening ear, to hearken if his foes pursue him still. Anon their loud alarums he doth hear, seven hundred, and now his grief may be compared well to one sore sick that hears the passing bell. Then shalt thou see the dubedabbled wretch turn, and return, indenting with the way, seven hundred and four each envious briar his weary legs do scratch, each shadow makes him stop, each murmur stay, for misery is trodden on by many, and being low never relieved by any. Seven hundred and eight. Lie quietly and hear a little more, nay, do not struggle, for thou shalt not rise, to make thee hate the hunting of the boar, unlike myself thou hearst me moralize, seven hundred and twelve applying this to that, and so to so, for love can comment upon every will. where did I leave, no matter where, quoth he, leave me, and then the story aptly ends, seven hundred and sixteen the night is spent, why, what of that, quoth she, I am, quoth he, EXPECTED OF MY FRIENDS, AND NOW TIS DARK, AND GOING I SHALL FALL. IN NIGHT, quoth she, DESIRE SEES BEST OF ALL. 720. BUT IF THOU FALL, O THEN IMAGINE THIS, THE EARTH, IN LOVE WITH THEE, THY FOOTING TRIPS, AND ALL IS BUT TO ROB THEE OF A KISS. 723 RICH PRAISE MAKE TRUE MEN THIEVES, SO DO THY LIPS MAKE MODEST YEN CLOUDY AND FORLORN, LEST SHE SHOULD STEAL A KISS AND DIE FORSWORN. Now of this dark night I perceive the reason, Cynthia for shame obscures her silver shine seven hundred and twenty-eight till forging nature be condemned of treason, for stealing moulds from heaven that were divine, wherein she framed thee, in high heavens despite, to shame the sun by day and her by night. 732. And therefore has she bribed the destinies, to cross the curious workmanship of nature, to mingle beauty with infirmities, and pure perfection with impure feature seven hundred and thirty-six making it subject to the tyranny of mad mischances and much misery. As burning fevers, agues pale and faint, life-poisoning pestilence and frenzies would seven hundred and forty the marrow-eating sickness, whose adent disorder breeds by heating of the blood, surfeits, impostums, grief, and damned despair, swear nature's death for framing thee so fair. Seven hundred and forty-four. And not the least of all these maladies But in one minute's fight brings beauty under Both favor, savor, hue and qualities Whereat th impartial gazer late did wonder Seven hundred and forty-eight are on the sudden wasted Thawed and done As mountain snow melts with the midday sun Therefore despite a fruitless chastity Love lacking vestals and self-loving nuns Seven hundred and fifty-two that on the earth Would breed a scarcity and barren dearth Of daughters and of sons Be prodigal The lamp that burns by night dries up his oil to lend the world his light. 756. What is thy body but a swallowing grave, seeming to bury that posterity, which by the rites of time thou needs must have, if thou destroy them not in dark obscurity? 760. If so, the world will hold thee in disdain, sith in thy pride so fair a hope is slain. So in thyself thyself art made away, a mischief worse than civil homebred strife. SEVEN HUNDRED AND SIXTY-FOUR OR theirs WHOSE DESPERATE HANDS THEMSELVES DO SLAY, OR BUTCHER-SIRE THAT REAVES HIS SON OF LIFE. FOUL CANKERING RUST THE HIDDEN TREASURE FRETS, BUT GOLD THAT'S PUT TO USE MORE GOLD BEGETS. 768. Nay then, quoth Adon, you will fall again into your idle overhandled theme. The kiss I gave you is bestowed in vain, and all in vain you strive against the stream. Seven hundred and seventy-two, for by this black effaced night, Desires foul nurse, your treatise makes me like you worse and worse. If love have lent you twenty thousand tongues, And every tongue more moving than your own, Seven hundred and seventy-six, bewitching like the wanton mermaid's songs, Yet from mine ear the tempting tune is blown, For no, my heart stands armed in mine ear, And will not let a false sound enter there. Seven hundred and eighty. Lest the deceiving harmony should run into the quiet closure of my breast, And then my little heart were quite undone, In his bedchamber to be barred of rest. 784 No, lady, no, my heart longs not to groan, But soundly sleeps, while now it sleeps alone. What have you Yarji, that I cannot reprove? The path is smooth that letteth on to danger. 790 I hate not love, but your device in love That lends embracements unto every stranger. YOU DO IT FOR INCREASE, O STRANGE EXCUSE, WHEN REASON IS THE BAWD TO lust's ABUSE. 792 CALL IT NOT LOVE, FOR LOVE TO HEAVEN IS FLED, SINCE SWEATING LUST ON EARTH USURPED HIS NAME, UNDER WHOSE SIMPLE SEMBLANCE HE HATH FED UPON FRESH BEAUTY, BLOTTING IT WITH BLAME. 796 WHICH THE HOT TYRANT STAINS AND SOON BEREAVES, AS CATERPILLARS DO THE TENDER LEAVES. LOVE COMFORTETH LIKE SUNSHINE AFTER RAIN. But lusts affect his tempest after sun. Eight hundred love's gentle spring doth always fresh remain. Lust's winter comes ere summer half be done. Love surfeits not, lust like a glutton dies. Love is all truth, lust full of forged lies. Eight hundred and four. More I could tell, but more I dare not say. The text is old, the order too green. Therefore, in sadness, now I will away. My face is full of shame, my heart of teen, eight hundred and eight mine ears, that to your wanton talk attended do burn themselves for having so offended. With this he breaketh from the sweet embrace eight hundred and eleven of those fair arms which bound him to her breast, and homeward through the dark lawn runs apace, leaves love upon her back deeply distressed. Look how a bright star shooteth from the sky, so glides he in the night from Venus' eye. 816. Which after him she darts, as one on shore gazing upon a late embarked friend, till the wild waves will have him seen no more, whose ridges with the meeting clouds contend. Eight hundred and twenty so did the merciless and pitchy night fold in the object that did feed her sight. Where Adam asked, as one that unaware hath dropped a precious jewel in the flood, eight hundred and twenty four or stonished as night wanderers often are, their light blown out in some mistrustful wood, even so confounded in the dark she lay having lost the fair discovery of her way. 828. And now she beats her heart, whereat it groans, that all the neighbor caves, as seeming troubled, make verbal repetition of her moans. Passion on passion deeply is redoubled. 832. I me! She cries, and twenty times. Whoa, whoa! And twenty echoes twenty times cry so. She marking them, begins a wailing note, and sings extemporally a woeful ditty. 836. How love makes young men thrall, and old men dote. How love is wise and folly foolish witty. Her heavy anthem still concludes in woe, and still the choir of echoes answer so. 840. Her song was tedious, and outwore the night, for lovers' hours are long, though seeming short, if pleased themselves, others they think, delight in such like circumstance, with such like sport, 844 their copious stories oftentimes begun, and without audience, and are never done. For who has she to spend the night withal, but idle sounds resembling parasites? 848 like shrill tongued tapsters answering every call, soothing the humor of fantastic wits. She says, Tis so. They answer all. Tis so. And would say after her, if she said, No. 852. Lo, here the gentle lark, weary of rest, from his moist cabinet mounts up on high, and wakes the morning, from whose silver breast the sun Ari saith in his majesty. 856 who doth the world so gloriously behold, that cedar tops and hills seem burnished gold. Venus salutes him with this fair good morrow. O thou clear God, and patron of all light, 860 from whom each lamp and shining star doth borrow the beauteous influence that makes him bright. There lives a son that sucked an earthly mother, may lend thee light, as thou dost lend to other. This said, she hasteth to a myrtle grove, eight hundred and sixty-five musing the morning is so much o'erworn, and yet she hears no tidings of her love, she hearkens for his hounds and for his horn. Eight hundred and sixty-eight anon she hears them chant it lustily, and all in haste she coasteth to the cry. And as she runs, the bushes in the way some catch her by the neck, some kiss her face, Eight hundred and seventy-two some twine about her thigh to make her stay. She wildly breaketh from their strict embrace, like a milch doe whose swelling dugs do ache, hasting to feed her fawn hid in some brake. Eight hundred and seventy-six. By this she hears the hounds are at a bay, whereat she starts like one that spies an adder wreathed up in fatal folds just in his way, the fear whereof doth make him shake and shudder. Eight hundred and eighty even so the timorous yelping of the hounds appalls her senses. And her spirit confounds. For now she knows it is no gentle chase, but the blunt boar, rough bear, or lion proud. eight hundred and eighty-four Because the cry remaineth in one place, where fearfully the dogs exclaim aloud, finding their enemy to be so cursed, they all strain courtsy who shall cope him first. eight hundred and eighty eight. This dismal cry rings sadly in her ear, through which it enters to surprise her heart, who overcome by doubt and bloodless fear with cold pale weakness numbs each feeling part. Eight hundred and ninety-two like soldiers when their captain once doth yield, they basely fly and dare not stay the field. Thus stands she in a trembling ecstasy, till cheering up her senses sore dismayed, eight hundred and ninety-six she tells them tis a causeless fantasy, and childish error, that they are afraid, bids them leave quaking, bids them fear no more, and with that word she spied the hunted boar. Nine hundred whose frothy mouth be-painted all with red, like milk and blood being mingled both together, a second fear through all her sin is spread, which madly hurries her she knows not whither, nine hundred and four this way she runs, and now she will no further, but back retires, to rate the boar for murder, a thousand spleens bear her a thousand ways, she treads the path that she untreads again, nine hundred and eight her more than haste is mated with delays, like the proceedings of a drunken brain, Full of respects, yet not at all respecting; in hand with all things, not at all affecting. Here kindled in a brake, she finds a hound. Nine thirteen, and asks the weary caitiff for his master. And there another licking of his wound gainst venom sores the only sovereign plaster. Nine sixteen, and here she meets another sadly scowling, to whom she speaks, and he replies with howling. When he hath ceased his ill-resounding noise, another flat-mouthed mourner black and grim, nine hundred and twenty against the welkin volleys out his voice. Another and another answer him, clapping their proud tails to the ground below, shaking their scratched ears, bleeding as they go. Look how the world's per people are amazed nine hundred and twenty-five at apparitions, signs, and prodigies, whereon with fearful eyes they long have gazed, infusing them with dreadful prophecies. Nine hundred and twenty-eight so she at these sad signs draws up her breath, and sighing it again. Exclaims on death, hard-favored tyrant, ugly, meager, lean. Nine hundred and thirty-one, hateful divorce of love. Thus chides she death, grim, grinning ghost, thirst worm. What dost thou mean, to stifle beauty and to steal his breath? Who, when he lived, his breath and beauty set gloss on the rose, smell to the violet. Nine hundred and thirty-six. If he be dead, oh no, it cannot be. Seeing his beauty, thou shouldst strike at it. Oh yes, it may, thou hast no eyes to see, But hatefully at random dost thou hit. 940 thy mark is feeble age, But thy false dart mistakes that aim, And cleaves an infant's heart. Hadst thou but bid beware, then he had spoke, And hearing him, thy power had lost his power. 944 the destinies will curse thee for this stroke, They bid thee crop a weed, thou pluck'st a flower. Love's golden arrow at him should have fled, and not death's ebon dart to strike him dead. 948. Dost thou drink tears, that thou provok'st such weeping? What may a heavy groan advantage thee? Why hast thou cast into eternal sleeping those eyes that taught all other eyes to see? 952. Now nature cares not for thy mortal vigor, since her best work is ruined with thy rigor. Here overcome, as one full of despair, she veiled her eyelids. Who like sluices stopped 956 the crystal tide that from her two cheeks fair in the sweet channel of her bosom dropped but through the floodgates breaks the silver rain, and with his strong course opens them again. 960. Oh how her eyes and tears did lend and borrow, her eyes seen in the tears, tears in her eye, both crystals, where they viewed each other's sorrow, sorrow that friendly sighs sought still to dry, 964 but like a stormy day. Now wind, now rain, sighs dry her cheeks, tears make them wet again. Variable passions throng her constant woe, as striving who should best become her grief. 968 All entertained, each passion labors so, that every present sorrow seemeth chief, but none is best, then join they all together, like many clouds consulting for foul weather. 972. By this, far off she hears some huntsman holla. A nurse's song ne'er pleased her babe so well. The dire imagination she did follow this sound of hope doth labor to expel. 976 for now reviving joy bids her rejoice, and flatters her it is Adonis' voice. Whereat her tears began to turn their tide, being prisoned in her eye, like pearls in glass. 980 yet sometimes falls an orient drop beside, which her cheek melts, as scorning it should pass to wash the foul face of the sluttish ground. Who is but drunken when she seemeth drown? O hard-believing love, how strange it seems nine hundred and eighty-five not to believe, And yet too credulous! Thy weal and woe are both of them extremes. Despair and hope make thee ridiculous, nine hundred and eighty-eight the one doth flatter thee in thoughts unlikely, in likely thoughts the other kills thee quickly. Now she unweaves the web that she hath wrought, Adonis lives, and death is not to blame. 992. It was not she that called him all to naught. Now she adds honors to his hateful name. She cleaps him king of graves, and grave for kings, imperious supreme of all mortal things. 996. No, no, quoth she. Sweet death, I did but jest, yet pardon me, I felt a kind of fear when as I met the boar, that bloody beast, which knows no pity, but is still severe. One thousand then, gentle shadow, truth I must confess, I railed on thee, fearing my love's decease. Tis not my fault, the boar provoked my tongue, be wreaked on him, invisible commander. One thousand for tis he, foul creature that hath done thee wrong, I did but act, he's author of my slander. Grief hath two tongues, and never woman yet, could rule them both, without ten women's wit. Thus hoping that Adonis is alive, One thousand nine her rash suspect she doth extenuate, and that his beauty may the better thrive, with death she humbly doth insinuate. One thousand twelve tells him of trophies, statues, tombs and stories his victories, his triumphs and his glories. O love, quoth she, how much a fool was I, to be of such a weak and silly mind, one thousand sixteen to wail his death who lives, and must not die till mutual overthrow of mortal kind. FOR HE BEING DEAD, WITH HIM IS BEAUTY slain, AND BEAUTY DEAD, BLACK CHAOS COMES AGAIN. ONE THOUSAND AND TWENTY. FIE, FIE, FOUND LOVE, THOU ART AS FULL OF FEAR AS ONE WITH TREASURE LADEN, HEMMED WITH THIEVES, TRIFLES UNWITNESSED WITH EYE OR EAR, THY COWARD HEART WITH FALSE BETHINKING GRIEVES. 10.24. EVEN AT THIS WORD SHE HEARS A MERRY HORN, WHEREAT SHE LEAPS THAT WAS BUT LATE FORLORN. AS FALCON TO THE LURE, AWAY SHE FLIES. The grass stoops not, she treads on it so light, Ten twenty-eight, and in her haste unfortunately spies The foul boar's conquest on her fair delight, Which seen, her eyes, as murdered with the view, Like stars ashamed of day, themselves withdrew, Or as the snail, whose tender horns being hit, One thousand and thirty-three shrinks backwards In his shelly cave with pain, And they're all smothered up, in shade doth sit, Long after fearing to creep forth again, 10.36. So at his bloody view her eyes are fled into the deep dark cabins of her head, where they resign their office and their light to the disposing of her troubled brain. 10.40. Who bids them still consort with ugly night, and never wound the heart with looks again, who like a king perplexed in his throne, by their suggestion gives a deadly groan. One thousand and forty-four. Whereat each tributary subject quakes, as when the wind imprisoned in the ground, Struggling for passage, earth's foundation shakes, which with cold terror doth men's minds confound. This mutiny each part doth so surprise ten forty-nine that from their dark beds once more leap her eyes. And being opened, through unwilling light upon the wide wound that the boar had trenched in his soft flank, whose wanted lily-white ten fifty-three with purple tears that his wound wept, was drenched. No flower was nigh, no grass, herb, leaf, or weed, but stole his blood and seemed with him to bleed. This solemn sympathy poor Venus noteth, 1057 over one shoulder doth she hang her head, dumbly she passions, frantically she doteth. She thinks he could not die, he is not dead, 1060 her voice is stopped, her joints forget to bow, her eyes are mad that they have wept till now. Upon his hurt she looks so steadfastly that her sight dazzling makes the wound seem three. And then she reprehends her mangling eye, 1065, that makes more gashes, where no breach should be. His face seems twain, each several limb is doubled, for oft the eye mistakes, the brain being troubled. My tongue cannot express my grief for one, 1069, and yet, quoth she, behold two Adon's dead. My sighs are blown away, my salt tears gone, mine eyes are turned to fire, my heart to lead, 1072 heavy hearts lead. Melt at mine eyes red fire. So shall I die by drops of hot desire. Alas, poor world, what treasure hast thou lost? What face remains alive that's worth the viewing? Whose tongue is music now? What canst thou boast of things long since, or anything ensuing? 1078 The flowers are sweet, their colors fresh and trim, but true sweet beauty lived and died with him. Bonnet nor veil henceforth no creature wear! nor sun nor wind will ever strive to kiss you, having no fare to lose you need not fear, the sun doth scorn you, and the wind doth hiss you. But when Adonis lived, sun and sharp air 10.85 lurked like two thieves to rob him of his fare, and therefore would he put his bonnet on, under whose brim the gaudy sun would peep. 10.88 the wind would blow it off, and being gone, play with his locks. Then would Adonis weep, and straight, in pity of his tender years, They both would strive who first should dry his tears. To see his face the lion walked along 1093 behind some hedge, Because he would not fear him. To recreate himself when he hath sung, The tiger would be tame and gently hear him. 1096 if he had spoke, the wolf would leave his prey, And never fright the silly lamb that day. When he beheld his shadow in the brook, The fishes spread on it their golden gills. Eleven hundred, when he was by, the birds such pleasure took, that some would sing, some other in their bills would bring him mulberries and ripe red cherries, he fed them with his sight, they him with berries. But this fowl, grim, an urchin snout bore, eleven oh five, whose downward I still looketh for a grave, ne'er saw the beauteous livery that he wore, witness the entertainment that he gave. Eleven oh eight, if he did see his face, why then I know he thought to kiss him. And hath killed him so tis true, tis true, thus was Adonis slain, he ran upon the boar with his sharp spear, eleven twelve who did not wet his teeth at him again, but by a kiss thought to persuade him there, and nuzzling in his flank, the loving swine sheathed unaware the tusk in his soft groin, one thousand one hundred and sixteen, had I been tooth like him, I must confess, with kissing him, I should have killed him first, but he is dead. And never did he bless my youth with his. The more am I accursed. 1120 With this she falleth in the place she stood, And stains her face with his congealed blood. She looks upon his lips, and they are pale. She takes him by the hand, and that is cold. 1,124 she whispers in his ears a heavy tale, As if they heard the woeful words she told. She lifts the coffer lids that close his eyes, Where lo, two lamps burn out in darkness lies. Two glasses where herself herself beheld eleven twenty-nine a thousand times, And now no more reflect, their virtue lost, Wherein they late excelled, and every beauty robbed of his effect. 11.32. Wonder of time, quoth she, This is my spite, that thou being dead, the day should yet be light. Since thou art dead, lo here I prophesy, Sorrow on love hereafter shall attend, 11.36 it shall be waited on with jealousy. Fine, sweet beginning, but unsavory end. Ne'er settled equally, but high or low, that all love's pleasure shall not match his woe. It shall be fickle, false, and full of fraud. Eleven forty-one bud and be blasted in a breathing while. The bottom poison and the top o'erstrawed with sweets that shall the truest sight beguile. Eleven forty-four, the strongest body shall it make most weak. Strike the wise dumb and teach the fool to speak. It shall be sparing. AND TOO FULL OF RIOT, TEACHING DECREPIT AGE TO TREAD THE MEASURES, 1148 THE STARING RUFFIAN SHALL IT KEEP IN QUIET, PLUCK DOWN THE RICH, ENRICH THE POOR WITH TREASURES, IT SHALL BE RAGING MAD, AND SILLY MILD, MAKE THE YOUNG OLD, THE OLD BECOME A CHILD. 1,152 IT SHALL SUSPECT WHERE IS NO CAUSE OF FEAR, IT SHALL NOT FEAR WHERE IT SHOULD MOST MISTRUST, IT SHALL BE MERCIFUL, AND TOO SEVERE, and most deceiving when it seems most just. Eleven fifty six perverse shall be where it shows most toward. Put fear to valor, courage to the coward. It shall be cause of war and dire events, and set dissension twixt the son and sire. Eleven sixty subject and servile to all discontents, as dry combustious matter is to fire. Sith in his prime death doth my love destroy. They that love best their love shall not enjoy. One thousand one hundred and sixty four. By this the boy that by her side lay killed was melted like a vapor from her sight, and in his blood that on the ground lay spilled, a purple flower sprung up, checkered with white, 1168 resembling well his pale cheeks, and the blood which in round drops upon their whiteness stood. She bows her head, the new-sprung flower to smell, comparing it to her Adonis breath, 1172, and says within her bosom it shall dwell, since he himself is reft from her by death. She crops the stalk, and in the breach appears green-dropping sap, which she compares to tears. Per flower, quoth she, this was thy father's guise, sweet issue of a more sweet-smelling sire, for every little grief to wet his eyes, to grow unto himself was his desire, eleven-eighty, and so tis thine, but no, it is as good to wither in my breast as in his blood. Here was thy father's bed, here in my breast, thou art the next of blood, and tis thy right, one thousand one hundred and eighty-four low in this hollow cradle take thy rest, my throbbing heart shall rock thee day and night, there shall not be one minute in an hour wherein I will not kiss my sweet love's flower. Thus weary of the world, away she hies, eleven eighty-nine and yokes her silver doves, by whose swift aid their mistress mounted through the empty skies, in her light chariot quickly is conveyed, eleven ninety-two holding their course to Paphos, where their queen means to immure herself and not be seen. Finus. Venus and Adonis By William Shakespeare Villia Merida Volgus Mihi Flavus Apollo Pacula Castalia plena Ministred Aqua To the Right Honourable Henry Riethously, Earl of Southampton and Baron of Titchfield. Right Honourable, I know not how I shall offend in dedicating my unpolished lines to your lordship, nor how the world will censure me for choosing so strong a prop to support so weak a burthen. Only, if your honor seem but pleased, I account myself highly praised, and vow to take advantage of all idle hours till I have honored you with some graver labor. But if the first heir of my invention prove deformed, I shall be sorry it had so noble a godfather, and never after ere so barren a land, for fear it yield me still so bad a harvest. I leave it to your honorable survey and your honor to your heart's content, which I wish may always answer your own wish and the world's hopeful expectation. Your honor's in all duty, William Shakespeare, Venus and Adonis. Even as the sun with purple-colored face had ta'en his last leave of the weeping morn, rose-cheeked Adonis hide him to the chase. Hunting he loved, but love he laughed to scorn, for sick-thoughted Venus makes a mane unto him, and like a bold efface suitor gins to woo him thrice fairer than myself. Thus she began. The field's chief flower, sweet above compare, eight stain to all nymphs, more lovely than a man, more white and red than doves or roses are, nature that made thee, with herself at strife, saith that the world hath ending with thy life. 12. Vouchsafe, thou wonder, to alight thy steed, and rein his proud head to the saddle-bow. If thou wilt deign this favour, for thy meet, a thousand honey secrets shalt thou know. Sixteen here come and sit, Whenever serpent hisses, And being set, I'll smother thee with kisses. And yet not cloy thy lips with loath satiety, But rather famish them amid their plenty, Twenty making them red and pale, With fresh variety, Ten kisses short as one, One long as twenty. A summer's day will seem an hour but short, Being wasted in such time-beguiling sport. Twenty-four. With this she seizeth on his sweating palm, The precedent of pith and livelihood, And trembling in her passion, Calls it balm, Earth's sovereign salve to do a goddess good, Twenty-eight being so enragged, Desire doth lend her force courageously To pluck him from his horse. Over one arm the lusty courser's rein, Under her other was the tender boy, Thirty-two who blushed and pouted In a dull disdain, With leaden appetite, Unapt to toy, She red and hot as coals of glowing fire, He red for shame, But frosty in desire, 36. The studded bridle on a ragged bow nimbly she fastens. Oh! How quick is love! The steed is stalled up, and even now to tie the rider she begins to prove. Forty backward she pushed him, as she would be thrust, and governed him in strength, though not in lust. So soon was she along, as he was down, each leaning on their elbows and their hips. Forty-four now doth she stroke his cheek, now doth he frown, and gins to chide, But soon she stops his lips, and kissing speaks, with lustful language broken. If thou wilt chide, thy lips shall never open. 48. He burns with bashful shame. She with her tears doth quench the maiden burning of his cheeks. Then with her windy sighs and golden hairs to fan and blow them dry again she seeks. 52. He says she is immodest, blames her miss. What follows more, she murders with a kiss. Even as an empty eagle sharp by fast, tires with her beak on feathers, flesh and bone, fifty-six shaking her wings, devouring all in haste, till either gorge be stuffed or prey be gone, even so she kissed his brow, his cheek, his chin, and where she ends she doth anew begin. 60. For to content, but never to obey, panting he lies, and breatheth in her face. She feedeth on the steam, as on a prey, and calls it heavenly moisture, Air of grace, sixty-four wishing her cheeks were gardens full of flowers so they were dewed with such distilling showers. Look how a bird lies tangled in a net, so fastened in her arms Adonis lies. Sixty-eight pure shame and odd resistance made him fret, which bred more beauty in his angry eyes. Rain added to a river that is rank perforce will force it overflow the bank. Seventy-two. Still she entreats, and prettily entreats, for to a pretty ear she tunes her tail. Still is he sullen, still he lures and frets, Twixt crimson shame and anger ashy pale, Seventy-six being red she loves him best, And being white, her best is bettered with a more delight. Look how he can, she cannot choose but love, And by her fair immortal hand she swears, Eighty from his soft bosom never to remove, Till he take truce with her contending tears, Which long have reigned, making her cheeks all wet, And one sweet kiss shall pay this countless debt. Upon this promise did he raise his chin, eighty-five like a dive-dapper peering through a wave, who, being looked on, ducks as quickly in, so offers he to give what she did crave, eighty-eight, but when her lips were ready for his pay, he winks, and turns his lips another way. Never did passenger in summer's heat more thirst for drink than she for this good turn. Ninety-two her help she sees, but help she cannot get, she bathes in water, yet her fire must burn. Oh! Pity! gone she cry. Flint-hearted boy, tis but a kiss I beg, why art thou coy? 96. I have been wooed as I entreat thee now, even by the stern and direful god of war, whose sinewy neck in battle ne'er did bow, who conquers where he comes in every jar. One hundred yet hath he been my captive and my slave, and begged for that which thou unasked shalt have. Over my altars hath he hung his lance, his battered shield, his uncontrolled crest. One hundred and four, and for my sake hath learned to sport and dance, To toy, to wanton, dally, smile, and jest, Scorning his churlish drum and ensign red, Making my arms his field, his tent my bed. One hundred and eight. Thus he that overruled I overswayed, leaving him prisoner in a red rose chain, Strong-tempered steel his stronger strength obeyed, Yet was he servile to my coy disdain. One hundred and twelve, O oh be not proud nor brag not of thy might, for mastering her that foiled the god of fight. Touch but my lips with those fair lips of thine, though mine be not so fair, yet are they red. 116. The kiss shall be thine own as well as mine. What seest thou in the ground? Hold up thy head, look in mine eyeballs, there thy beauty lies. Then why not lips on lips, since eyes and eyes? 120. Art thou Asham to kiss? Then wink again, and I will wink. So shall the day seem night. Love keeps his revels where there are but twain. Be bold to play, our sport is not in sight. One hundred and twenty-four these blue-veined violets Whereon we lean never can blab, nor know not what we mean. The tender spring upon thy tempting lip One hundred and twenty-seven shows the unripe. Yet mayst thou well be tasted. Make use of time, let not advantage slip. Beauty within itself should not be wasted. Fair flowers that are not gathered in their prime rot. And consume themselves in little time. 132. Were I hard-favoured, foul, or wrinkled old, ill-nurted, crooked, churlish, harsh in voice, o'erworn, despised, rheumatic, and cold, thick-sided, barren, lean, and lacking juice, 136, then mightst thou pause, for then I were not for thee. But having no defects, why dost abhor me? Thou canst not see one wrinkle in my brow, one hundred and thirty-nine mine eyes are grey and bright and quick in turning, my beauty as the spring doth yearly grow, my flesh is soft and plump, my marrow burning, my smooth moist hand, were it with thy hand felt, would an eye palm dissolve, or seem to melt. 144. Bid me discourse, I will enchant thine ear, or like a fairy, trip upon the green, or like a nymph, with long disheveled hair, dance on the sands, and yet no footing seen, One hundred and forty-eight love is a spirit all compact of fire, Not gross to sink, but light, and will aspire. Witness this primrose bank whereon I lie, One hundred and fifty when these forceless flowers like sturdy trees support me. Two strengthless doves will draw me through the sky, From morn till night, even where I list to sport me. Is love so light, sweet boy, And may it be that thou shouldst think it heavy unto thee? One hundred and fifty-six. Is thine own heart to thine own face affected? Can thy right hand seize love upon thy left? Then woo thyself, be of thyself rejected, Steal thine own freedom, and complain on theft. One hundred and sixty narcissus sow himself himself forsook, And died to kiss his shadow in the brook. Torches are made to light, jewels to wear, Dainties to taste, fresh beauty for the use, One hundred and sixty-four herbs for their smell, And sappy plants to bear. Things growing to themselves are gross abuse, seeds spring from seeds, and beauty breedeth beauty. Thou wast begot, to get it is thy duty. 168. Upon the earth's increase why shouldst thou feed, unless the earth with thy increase be fed? By law of nature thou art bound to breed, that thine may live when thou thyself art dead. 172. And so in spite of death thou dost survive, in that thy likeness still is left alive. By this the lovesick queen began to sweat, For where they lay the shadow had forsook them, One hundred and seventy-six and titan, Tired in the midday heat, With burning I did hotly overlook them, Wishing Adonis had his team to guide, So he were like him and by Venus' side. One hundred and eighty And now Adonis with a lazy sprite, And with a heavy, dark, disliking eye, His lowering brows overwhelming his fair sight, Like misty vapors when they blot the sky, One hundred and eighty-four souring his cheeks, cries, Fie, no more of love, the sun doth burn my face, I must remove. I me, quoth Venus, young and so unkind, what bare excuses makes thou to be gone? One hundred and eighty-eight I'll sigh celestial breath, Whose gentle wind shall cool the heat of this descending sun, I'll make a shadow for thee of my hairs, if they burn too, I'll quench them with my tears. 192. The sun that shines from heaven shines but warm, and lo, I lie between that sun and thee. The heat I have from thence doth little harm, thine eye darts forth the fire that burneth me. 196. And were I not immortal, life were done, between this heavenly and earthly sun. Art thou obdurate, flinty, hard as steel? Nay, more than flint, for stone at rain relenteth. Two hundred art thou a woman's son, and canst not fear what tis to love. How want of love tormenteth? O had thy mother borne so hard a mind, She had not brought forth thee, But died unkind. 204. What am I that thou shouldst contemn me this? Or what great danger dwells upon my suit? What were thy lips the worse for one poor kiss? Speak fair, but speak fair words, Or else be mute. 208. Give me one kiss, I'll give it thee again, And one for interest, if thou wilt have twain. Fi, lifeless picture, cold and senseless stone, Well-painted idol, image dull and dead, Two hundred and twelve statue contenting but the eye alone, Thing like a man, but of no woman bred, Thou art no man, though of a man's complexion, For men will kiss even by their own direction. 216. This said, impatience chokes her pleading tongue, And swelling passion doth provoke a pause, Red cheeks and fiery eyes blaze forth her wrong, Being judge in love, she cannot write her cause. 220 And now she weeps, and now she fain would speak, and now her sobs do her intendments break. Sometimes she shakes her head, and then his hand, now gazes she on him, now on the ground. 224 Sometimes her arms enfold him like a band, she would, he will not in her arms be bound, and when from thence he struggles to be gone, she locks her lily fingers one in one. 228. Fondling she saith, since I have hemmed thee here within the circuit of this ivory pale, I'll be a park, and thou shalt be my dear, feed where thou wilt, on mountain or in dale, two hundred and thirty-two grays on my lips, and if those hills be dry, stray lower, where the pleasant fountains lie. Within this limit is relief enough, sweet bottom grass and high delightful plain, two hundred and thirty-six round rising hillocks, breaks obscure and rough, to shelter thee from tempest and from rain, then be my dear, since I am such a park, two hundred and thirty-nine no-dog shall rouse thee, though a thousand bark. At this Adonis smiles as in disdain, that in each cheek appears a pretty dimple. Love made those hollows, if himself were slain, he might be buried in a tomb so simple. Two hundred and forty-four for knowing well, if there he came to lie, why their love lived, and there he could not die. These lovely caves, these round enchanting pits, open their mouths to swallow Venus' liking. Two hundred and forty-eight being mad before, how doth she now for wits? Struck dead at first, what needs a second striking? Poor queen of love, in thine own law forlorn, to love a cheek that smiles at thee in scorn. Two hundred and fifty-two. Now which way shall she turn? What shall she say? Her words are done, her woes the more increasing. The time is spent, her object will away, and from her twining arms doth urge releasing. 256. Pity, she cries. Some favour, some remorse! Away he springs, and hasteth to his horse. But lo, from forth a copse that neighbours by, a breeding jennet, lusty, young, and proud, 260 Adonis' tramping courser doth espy, and forth she rushes, snorts, and neighs aloud. The strong necked steed, being tied unto a tree, breaketh his rein, and to her straight goes he. 264. Imperiously he leaps, he neighs, he bounds, and now his woven girths he breaks asunder. The bearing earth with his hard hoof he wounds, whose hollow womb resounds like heaven's thunder. The iron bit he crusheth tween his teeth. 269. Controlling what he was controlled with. His ears uppricked, His braided hanging mane upon his compass crest now stand on end. 272. His nostrils drink the air. And forth again, as from a furnace, vapors doth he send. His eye, which scornfully glisters like fire, shows his hot courage and his high desire. 276. Sometime he trots, as if he told the steps, with gentle majesty and modest pride. Anon he rears upright, curvets and leaps, as who should say, Lo, thus my strength is tried, and this I do to captivate the eye, 281 of the fair breeder that is standing by. What recketh he his rider's angry stir, His flattering holla, or his? Stand, I say, two hundred and eighty For what cares he now for curb or pricking spur? For rich comparisons or trappings gay? He sees his love, and nothing else he sees, For nothing else with his proud sight agrees. Two hundred and eighty-eight Look when a painter would surpass the life, In limbing out a well-proportioned steed, His art with nature's workmanship at strife as if the dead the living should exceed. Two hundred and ninety-two so did this horse excel a common one, in shape, in courage, color, pace and bone. Round-hoofed, short-jointed, fetlocks shag and long, broad breast, full eye, small head, and nostril wide, high crest, short ears, straight legs and passing strong, thin mane, thick tail, broad buttock, tender hide. Look, what a horse should have he did not lack save a proud rider on so proud a back three hundred sometimes he scuds far off and there he stares anon he starts at stirring of a feather to bid the wind a base he now prepares and where he run or fly they know not whether three hundred and four for through his mane and tail the high wind sinks fanning the hairs who wave like feathered wings he looks upon his love and neighs unto her She answers him as if she knew his mind, three hundred and eight being proud. As females are, to see him woo her, she puts on outward strangeness, seems unkind, spurns at his love and scorns the heat he feels, beating his kind embracements with her heels. Three hundred and twelve. Then like a melancholy malcontent, he veils his tail that like a falling plume, cools shadow to his melting buttock lent, he stamps, and bites the poor flies in his fume. Three hundred and sixteen his love, Perceiving how he was enragged, Grew kinder, And his fury was aswagged. His testy master goeth about to take him, When lo the unbacked breeder, Full of fear, Three hundred and twenty jealous of catching, Swiftly doth forsake him, With her the horse, And left Adonis there, As they were mad, Unto the wood they hide them, Outstripping crows that strive to overfly them. Three hundred and twenty-four, All swollen with chafing, down Adonis sits, banning his boisterous and unruly beast, and now the happy season once more fits that lovesick love by pleading may be blessed. Three hundred and twenty-eight for lovers say, the heart hath treble wrong, when it is barred the aidence of the tongue. An oven that is stopped, or river stayed, burneth more hotly, swelleth with more rage, three hundred and thirty-two so of concealed sorrow may be said, free vent of words love's fire doth assuage but when the heart's attorney once is mute, the client breaks, as desperate in his suit. 336. He sees her coming, and begins to glow, even as a dying coal revives with wind, and with his bonnet hides his angry brow, looks on the dull earth with disturbed mind, 340 taking no notice that she is so nigh, for all askance he holds her in his eye. Oh what a sight it was, wistly to view how she came stealing to the wayward boy, 344. To note the fighting conflict of her hue, how white and red each other did destroy. But now her cheek was pale, and by and by it flashed forth fire, as lightning from the sky. 348. Now was she just before him as he sat, and like a lowly lover down she kneels. With one fair hand she heaveth up his hat, her other tender hand his fair cheek feels, 352. His ten rare cheek receives her soft hands print, AS APT AS NEW FALLEN SNOW TAKES ANY DINT. OH WHAT A WAR OF LOOKS WAS THEN BETWEEN THEM, HER EYES PETITIONERS TO HIS EYES SUING, THREE HUNDRED AND FIFTY-SIX HIS EYES SAW HER EYES, AS THEY HAD NOT SEEN THEM, HER EYES wooed STILL, HIS EYES DISDAINED THE WOOING, AND ALL THIS DUMB PLAY HAD HIS ACTS MADE PLAIN WITH TEARS, WHICH, CHORUS-LIKE, HER EYES DID RAIN. FULL GENTLY NOW SHE TAKES HIM BY THE HAND, THREE HUNDRED AND SIXTY-ONE A lily PRISONED IN A JAIL OF SNOW, or ivory in an alabaster band, So white a friend and girt, So white a foe, Three hundred and sixty-four This beauteous combat, Willful and unwilling, Showed like two silver doves That sit a-billing. Once more the engine Of her thoughts began. O oh, fairest mover On this mortal round, Three hundred and sixty-eight Would thou wert as I am, And I am man, My heart all whole as thine, Thy heart my wound, For one sweet look Thy help I would assure thee, Though nothing but my body's Bane would cure thee, Give me my hand, saith he. Why dost thou feel it? Give me my heart, saith she, and thou shalt have it. O give it me lest thy hard heart do steal it, and being steeled, soft sighs can never grave it. 376 then love's deep groans I never shall regard, because Adonis heart hath made mine hard. For shame, he cries, let go, and let me go. My day's delight is past, my horse is gone, three hundred and eighty, and tis your fault I am bereft him so, I pray you hence, and leave me here alone, for all my mind, my thought, my busy care, is how to get my palfrey from the mare, three hundred and eighty-four, thus she replies, thy palfrey as he should, welcomes the warm approach of sweet desire, affection is a cold that must be cooled, else suffered, it will set the heart on fire, three hundred and eighty-eight the sea hath bounds. But deep desire hath none, Therefore no marvel though thy horse be gone. How like a jade he stood tied to the tree, Servily mastered with a leathern rein. 392 But when he saw his love, his youth's fair fee, He held such petty bondage and disdain, Throwing the base thawing from his bending crest, Enfranchising his mouth, his back, his breast. 396 Who sees his true love in her naked bed, Teaching the sheets a whiter hue than white? but when his glutton eye so full hath fed, his other agents aim at like delight. Four hundred who is so faint that dare not be so bold to touch the fire, the weather being cold? Let me excuse thy courser, gentle boy, and learn of him, I heartily beseech thee, four hundred and four to take advantage on presented joy, though I were dumb, yet his proceedings teach thee. O learn to love, the lesson is but plain, and once made perfect, never lost again. Four hundred and eight. I know not love. Quoth he, Nor will not know it, Unless it be a boar, and then I chase it. Tis much to borrow, and I will not owe it. My love to love is love but to disgrace it. 412. For I have heard, It is a life and death, That laughs and weeps, and all but with a breath. Who wears a garment shapeless and unfinished? Who plucks the bud before one leaf put forth? 416. If springing things be any jot diminished, they wither in their prime, prove nothing worth. The colt that's backed and burdened being young, Lasseth his pride, and never waxeth strong. 420. You hurt my hand with ringing. Let us part, and leave this idle theme, this bootless chat. Remove your siege from my unyielding heart, To love's alarms that will not open the gate. 424. Dismiss your vows, your feign tears, your flattery, For where a heart is hard they make no battery. What? Canst thou talk? Quoth she. Hast thou a tongue? Oh, would thou hadst not, or I had no hearing. Four hundred and twenty-eight thy mermaid's voice hath done me double wrong. I had my load before, now pressed with bearing, melodious discord, heavenly tune, harsh sounding, ears deep sweet music, and hearts deep sore wounding. Had I no eyes but ears, my ears would love four hundred and thirty-three that inward beauty and invisible. Or were I deaf, Thy outward parts would move each part in me that were but sensible. 436 though neither eyes nor ears, to hear nor see, yet should I be in love by touching thee. Say that the sense of feeling were bereft me, and that I could not see, nor hear, nor touch. 440 and nothing but the very smell were left me, yet would my love to thee be still as much. For from the stillatory of thy face excelling comes breath perfumed, that breedeth love by smelling. But O oh, what banquet wert thou to the taste? 445, being nurse and feeder of the other four, would they not wish the feast might ever last, and bid suspicion double lock the door, less jealousy, that sour unwelcome guest, should buy his stealing and disturb the feast? 448. Once more the ruby coloured portal opened, which to his speech did honey passage yield, 452, like a red morn that ever yet betoken rack to the seamen, tempest to the field, Sorrow to shepherds, woe unto the birds, Gusts and foul flaws to herd men and to herds. 456. This ill presage advisedly she marketh, Even as the wind is hushed before it raineth, Or as the wolf doth grin before he barketh, Or as the berry breaks before it staineth, Four hundred and sixty, or like the deadly bullet of a gun, His meaning struck her ere his words begun. And at his look she flatly falleth down, For looks kill love, and love by looks reviveth, Four hundred and sixty for a smile recurs the wounding of a frown, But blessed bankrupt that by love so thriveth. The silly boy, believing she is dead, claps her pale cheek, Till clapping makes it red. Four hundred and sixty-eight. And all amassed break off his late intent, For sharply he did think to reprehend her, Which cunning love did wittily prevent, Fair fall the wit that can so well defend her. For seventy-two for on the grass she lies as she were slain, till his breath breatheth life in her again. He wrings her nose, he strikes her on the cheeks, he bends her fingers, holds her pulses hard, four hundred and seventy-six he chafes her lips, a thousand ways he seeks to mend the hurt that his unkindness marred. He kisses her, and she, by her good will, will never rise, so he will kiss her still. 480. The night of sorrow now is turned to day, her two blue windows faintly she upheaveth, like the fair sun when in his fresh array he cheers the morn, and all the world relieveth. 484, and as the bright sun glorifies the sky, so is her face illumined with her eye, whose beams upon his hairless face are fixed, as if from thence they borrowed all their shine. 488 were never four such lamps together mixed, had not his clouded with his brows repine, but hers, which through the crystal tears gave light shone like the moon in water seen by night. 492. Oh, where am I? quoth she. In earth or heaven? Or in the ocean drenched? Or in the fire? What hour is this? Or morn, or weary even? Do I delight to die? Or life desire? 496. But now I lived, and life was death's annoy. But now I died, and death was lively joy. O oh, thou didst kill me, kill me once again. Thy eyes shrewd tutor, that hard heart of thine, Five hundred hath taught them scornful tricks, And such disdain, that they have murdered This poor heart of mine, and these mine eyes, True leaders to their queen, but for thy piteous lips No more had seen. Five hundred and four, long may they kiss each other For this cure, oh never let their crimson liveries wear, And as they last, their vergers still endure, To drive infection from the dangerous year. Five hundred and eight that the stargazers, HAVING RID ON DEATH, MAY SAY, THE PLAGUE IS BANISHED BY THY BREATH. PURE LIPS, SWEET SEALS IN MY SOFT LIPS IMPRINTED, WHAT BARGAINS MAY I MAKE, STILL TO BE SEALING? FIVE HUNDRED AND TWELVE TO SELL MYSELF I CAN BE WELL CONTENTED, SO THOU WILT BUY, AND PAY, AND USE GOOD DEALING, WHICH PURCHASE IF THOU MAKE, FOR FEAR OF SLIPS, SET THY SEAL MANUAL ON MY WAX RED LIPS. FIVE HUNDRED AND SIXTEEN, A THOUSAND KISSES buys MY HEART FROM ME and pay them at thy leisure, one by one, what is ten hundred touches unto thee? Are they not quickly told and quickly gone? 520 say, for non-payment that the debt should double, is twenty hundred kisses such a trouble? Fair queen, quoth he, if any love you owe me, measure my strangeness with my unripe years, 524 before I know myself, seek not to know me, no fisher but the ungrown fry forebears, the mellow plum doth fall, THE GREEN STICKS FAST, OR BEING EARLY PLUCKED, IS SOUR TO TASTE. FIVE HUNDRED AND TWENTY-EIGHT. LOOK THE WORLD'S COMFORTER, WITH WEARY gait, HIS DAYS HOT TASK HATH ENDED IN THE WEST. THE OWL, NIGHT'S HERALD, SHRIEKS, TIS VERY LATE. THE SHEEP ARE GONE TO FOLD, BIRDS TO THEIR NEST, FIVE HUNDRED AND THIRTY-TWO IN thirty-two, cool BLACK CLOUDS THAT SHADOW HEAVEN'S LIGHT DO SUMMON US TO PART, AND BID GOOD NIGHT. NOW LET ME SAY GOOD NIGHT, AND SO SAY YOU. If you will say so, you shall have a kiss. 536. Good night, quoth she, and ere he says adieu, The honey fee of parting tendered is, Her arms do lend his neck a sweet embrace. Incorporate then they seem, face grows to face. 540. Till breathless he disjoined, And backward drew the heavenly moisture, That sweet coral mouth, Whose precious taste her thirsty lips well knew, Whereon they surfeit. Yet complain on drought. five hundred and forty-four he with her plenty pressed, She faint with dearth, their lips together glued, fall to the earth. Now quick desire hath caught the yielding prey, And glutton-like she feeds, yet never filleth. Five hundred and forty-eight her lips are conquerors, his lips obey, Paying what ransom the insulter willeth, Whose vulture thought doth pitch the price so high, That she will draw his lips rich treasure dry. 552. AND HAVING FELT THE SWEETNESS OF THE SPOIL, WITH BLINDFOLD FURY SHE BEGINS TO FORAGE. HER FACE DOTH reek and SMOKE, HER BLOOD DOTH BOIL, AND CARELESS LUST STIRS UP A DESPERATE COURAGE, FIVE HUNDRED AND FIFTY-SIX PLANTING OBLIVION, BEATING REASON BACK, FORGETTING SHAME'S PURE BLUSH AND HONOR'S RACK, HOT, FAINT, AND WEARY, WITH HER HEART EMBRACING, LIKE A WILD BIRD BEING TAMMED WITH TOO MUCH HANDLING, OR AS THE FLEET FOOT ROAD THAT'S TEARED WITH CHASING five hundred and sixty-one or like the froward infant stilled with dandling, he now obeys, and now no more resisteth, while she takes all she can, not all she listeth. Five hundred and sixty-four. What wax so frozen but dissolves with tempering, and yields at last to every light impression? Things out of hope are compassed oft with venturing, chiefly in love, whose leave exceeds commission, five hundred and sixty-eight affection faints not like a pale But then woos best when most his choice is froward. When he did frown, oh had she then gave over, Such nectar from his lips she had not sucked. 572 foul words and frowns must not repel a lover, What though the rose have prickles, yet tis plucked. Where beauty under twenty locks kept fast, Yet love breaks through, and picks them all at last. For pity now she can no more detain him. 577 the poor fool prays her that he may depart. She is resolved no longer to restrain him, bids him farewell, and look well to her heart. 580. The which by Cupid's bow she doth protest, he carries thence encaged in his breast. Sweet boy, she says, this night I'll waste in sorrow, for my sick heart commands mine eyes to watch. 584. Tell me, love's master, shall we meet tomorrow? Say, shall we? Shall we? Wilt thou make the match? He tells her no. Tomorrow he intends to hunt the boar with certain of his friends. 588. The boar, quoth she, whereat a sudden pale, like lawn being spread upon the blushing rose, usurps her cheek, she trembles at his tail, and on his neck her yoking arms she throws. 592 she sinketh down, still hanging by his neck, he on her belly falls, she on her back. Now is she in the very lists of love, her champion mounted for the hot encounter five hundred and ninety-six all is imaginary she doth prove, he will not manage her, although he mount her, that worse than Tantalus is her annoy, to clip Elysium and to lack her joy. Six hundred. Even as poor birds, deceived with painted grapes, do surfeit by the eye and pine them all, even so she languisheth in her mishaps, as those poor birds that helpless berries saw. Six hundred and for the warm effects which she in him finds missing, She seeks to kindle with continual kissing. But all in vain, good queen, it will not be. She hath assayed as much as may be proud. Six hundred and eight her pleading hath deserved a greater fee. She's love, she loves, and yet she is not loved. Fie, fie, he says. You crush me, let me go. You have no reason to withhold me so. Six hundred and twelve. Thou hadst been gone, quoth she. Sweet boy, ere this but that thou toldst me thou wouldst hunt the boar. O Beadvist, thou know'st not what it is, with javelins point a churlish swine to gore, six hundred and sixteen whose tushes never sheath he wettest still, like to a mortal butcher, bent to kill. On his bow back he hath a battle set of bristly pikes, that ever threat his foes. Six hundred and twenty his eyes like glowworms shine when he doth fret. His snout digs sepulchres where'er he goes. Being emovied, he strikes whatever is in his way, and whom he strikes his crooked tushes slay. 624. His brawny sides, with hairy bristles armed, are better proof than thy spear's point can enter. His short thick neck cannot be easily harmed. Being ireful, on the lion he will venture. 628. The thorny brambles and embracing bushes, as fearful of him, part through whom he rushes. Alas! He not esteems that face of thine. To which love's eyes pay tributary gazes, six hundred and thirty-two, nor thy soft hands, sweet lips, and crystalline, whose full perfection all the world amazes, but having the advantage, wondrous dread would root these beauties as he roots the mead, o oh, let him keep his loathsome cabin still, six hundred and thirty-seven beauty hath naught to do with such foul fiends, come not within his danger by thy will, they that thrive well, take counsel of their friends. When thou didst name the boar, not to dissemble, I feared thy fortune, and my joints did tremble. Didst thou not mark my face, was it not white? Sawst thou not signs of fear lurk in mine eye? 644 grew I not faint, and fell I not downright? Within my bosom, whereon thou dost lie, my boating heart pants, beats, and takes no rest, but like an earthquake shakes thee on my breast. For where love reigns, disturbing jealousy, 649 doth call himself affection's sentinel, gives false alarms, suggesteth mutiny, and in a peaceful hour doth cry, Kill, kill! 652 distempering gentle love in his desire, as air and water do abate the fire. This sour informer, this bait breeding spy, this canker that eats up love's tender spring, 656 this carry tale, dissentious jealousy. That sometime true news, sometime false doth bring, Knocks at my heart, and whispers in mine ear, That if I love thee, I thy death should fear. 660 And more than so, presenteth to mine eye the picture of an angry chafing boar, Under whose sharp fangs on his back doth lie an image like thyself, All stained with gore. 664 whose blood upon the fresh flowers being shed, Doth make them droop with grief and hang the head. What should I do, seeing thee so indeed, that tremble at th imagination? 668 The thought of it doth make my faint heart bleed, and fear doth teach it divination. I prophesy thy death, my living sorrow, if thou encounter with the boar tomorrow. 672. But if thou needs wilt hunt, be are you held by me, uncouple at the timorous flying hare, or at the fox which lives by subtlety, or at the roe which no encounter dare. Six hundred and seventy-six pursue these fearful creatures o'er the downs, and on thy well-breathed horse keep with thy hounds. And when thou hast on foot the purblind hare, mark the poor wretch to overshoot his troubles. Six hundred and eighty, how he outruns the wind, and with what care he cranks and crosses with a thousand doubles. The many musets through the which he goes are like a labyrinth to amaze his foes. Six hundred and eighty-four. Sometime he runs among a flock of sheep. To make the cunning hounds mistake their smell, And sometime where earth-delving conies keep, To stop the loud pursuers in their yell, Six hundred and eighty-eight, And sometimes sorteth with a herd of deer, Danger deviseth shifts, Wit waits on fear, For there his smell with others being mingled, Six hundred and ninety-one the hot scent-snuffing hounds are driven to doubt, Ceasing their clamorous cry, Till they have singled with much ado the cold fault cleanly out, Then do they spend their mouths, Echo replies, as if another chase were in the skies. 696. By this, poor what, far off upon a hill, Stands on his hinder legs with listening ear, To hearken if his foes pursue him still. Anon their loud alarums he doth hear. Seven hundred, and now his grief may be compared well To one sore sick that hears the passing bell. Then shalt thou see the dubedabbled wretch turn, And return, indenting with the way. 704. Each envious briar his weary legs do scratch, each shadow makes him stop, each murmur stay, for misery is trodden on by many, and being low never relieved by any. 708. Lie quietly, and hear a little more, nay, do not struggle, for thou shalt not rise, to make thee hate the hunting of the boar, unlike myself thou hearst me moralize, 712. Applying this to that, and so to so, for love can comment upon every will where did I leave? No matter where, quoth he, leave me, and then the story aptly ends, seven hundred and sixteen the night is spent. Why, what of that? Quoth she. I am, quoth he, expected of my friends, and now tis dark, and going I shall fall. In night, quoth she, desire sees best of all. Seven hundred and twenty. But if thou fall, O then imagine this, the earth, in love with thee, thy footing trips, and all is but to rob thee of a kiss. 723 rich praise make true men thieves, so do thy lips make modest yen cloudy and forlorn, lest she should steal a kiss and die forsworn. Now of this dark night I perceive the reason, Cynthia for shame obscures her silver shine 728 till forging nature be condemned of treason. For stealing moulds from heaven that were divine, wherein she framed thee, in high heavens despite, to shame the sun by day and her by night. 732. And therefore has she bribed the destinies, to cross the curious workmanship of nature, to mingle beauty with infirmities, and pure perfection with impurity feature. 736, making it subject to the tyranny of mad mischances and much misery. As burning fevers, agues pale and faint life-poisoning pestilence and frenzies would seven hundred and forty the marrow-eating sickness whose adding disorder breeds by heating of the blood surfeits impestums grief and damned despair swear nature's death for framing thee so fair seven hundred and forty-four and not the least of all these maladies but in one minute's fight brings beauty under both favor savor hue and qualities whereat th impartial gazer late did wonder 748 are on the sudden wasted, thawed and done, as mountain snow melts with the midday sun. Therefore, despite a fruitless chastity, love lacking vestals and self loving nuns, 752 that on the earth would breed a scarcity and barren dearth of daughters and of sons, be prodigal. The lamp that burns by night dries up his oil to lend the world his light. 756. What is thy body but a swallowing grave, Seeming to bury that posterity, Which by the rites of time thou needs must have, If thou destroy them not in dark obscurity? 760 If so, the world will hold thee in disdain, Sith in thy pride so fair a hope is slain. So in thyself thyself art made away, A mischief worse than civil homebred strife, 764 or theirs whose desperate hands themselves do slay, Or butcher sire that reaves his son of life. Foul cankering rust the hidden treasure frets, But gold that's put to use more gold begets. 768. Nay then, Quoth Adon, You will fall again into your idle overhandled theme. The kiss I gave you is bestowed in vain, And all in vain you strive against the stream. 772. For by this black cafe night, Desires foul nurse, Your treatise makes me like you worse and worse. If love have lent you twenty thousand tongues, And every tongue more moving than your own, Seven hundred and seventy-six, Bewitching like the wanton mermaid's songs, Yet from mine ear the tempting tune is blown, For no, my heart stands armed in mine ear, And will not let a false sound enter there. Seven hundred and eighty, Lest the deceiving harmony should run into the quiet closure of my breast, And then my little heart were quite undone, In his bedchamber to be barred of rest. Seven hundred and eighty-four, No, lady, no, My heart longs not to groan, but soundly sleeps, while now it sleeps alone. What have you Yarji, that I cannot reprove? The path is smooth that letteth on to danger. 790 I hate not love, but your device in love that lends embracements unto every stranger. You do it for increase, O strange excuse, when reason is the bod to lust's abuse. 792 Call it not love. For love to heaven is fled, since sweating lust on earth usurped his name, under whose simple semblance he hath fed upon fresh beauty, blotting it with blame. 796 which the hot tyrant stains and soon bereaves, as caterpillars do the tender leaves. Love comforteth like sunshine after rain, but lusts affect his tempest after sun. 800 love's gentle spring doth always fresh remain. Lust’s winter comes ere summer hath be done. Love surfeits not. Lust like a glutton dies. Love is all truth, lust full of forged lies. Eight hundred and four. More I could tell, but more I dare not say. The text is old, the order too green. Therefore, in sadness, now I will away. My face is full of shame, my heart of teen. Eight hundred and eight, mine ears, that to your wanton talk attended, do burn themselves for having so offended. With this he breaketh from the sweet embrace eight hundred and eleven of those fair arms which bound him to her breast, and homeward through the dark lawn runs apace, leaves love upon her back deeply distressed. Look how a bright star shooteth from the sky, so glides he in the night from Venus' eye. Eight hundred and sixteen. Which after him she darts, as one on shore gazing upon a late embarked friend, till the wild waves will have him seen no more, whose ridges with the meeting clouds contend, 820 so did the merciless and pitchy night fold in the object that did feed her sight. Whereat amassed, as one that unaware hath dropped a precious jewel in the flood, 824 or stonished as night-wanderers often are, their light blown out in some mistrustful wood, even so confounded in the dark she lay, having lost the fair discovery of her way. 828. And now she beats her heart, whereat it groans, that all the neighbor caves— As seeming troubled, make verbal repetition of her moans. Passion on passion deeply is redoubled. 832. I me! She cries, and twenty times. Whoa, whoa! And twenty echoes twenty times cry so. She marking them, begins a wailing note, and sings extemporally a woeful ditty. 836. How love makes young men thrall, and old men dote. How love is wise and folly foolish witty. Her heavy anthem still concludes in woe and still the choir of echoes answer so. 840. Her song was tedious, and out wore the night, for lovers' hours are long, though seeming short, if pleased themselves, others they think, delight in such like circumstance, with such like sport. 844 their copious stories oftentimes begun, and without audience, and are never done. For who has she to spend the night withal, but idle sounds resembling parasites? Eight hundred and forty-eight like shrill-tongued tapsters answering every call, soothing the humor of fantastic wits. She says, "'Tis so,' they answer all. "'Tis so,' and would say after her, if she said, "'No.' Eight hundred and fifty-two. Lo here the gentle lark, weary of rest, from his moist cabinet mounts up on high, and wakes the morning, from whose silver breast the sun Ari saith in his majesty." eight hundred and fifty-six who doth the world so gloriously behold, that cedar tops and hills seem burnished gold. Venus salutes him with this fair good morrow. O thou clear God, and patron of all light, eight hundred and sixty from whom each lamp and shining star doth borrow the beauteous influence that makes him bright. There lives a sun that sucked an earthly mother, may lend thee light, as thou dost lend to other. This said, she hasteth to a myrtle grove, 865 musing the morning is so much o'erworn, And yet she hears no tidings of her love, She hearkens for his hounds and for his horn. 868 anon she hears them chant it lustily, And all in haste she coasteth to the cry. And as she runs, the bushes in the way some catch her by the neck, Some kiss her face, 872 some twine about her thigh to make her stay, She wildly breaketh from their strict embrace, Like a milch doe whose swelling dugs do ache, hasting to feed her fawn hid in some brake. 876. By this she hears the hounds are at a bay, whereat she starts like one that spies an adder wreathed up in fatal folds just in his way, the fear whereof doth make him shake and shudder. 880. Even so the timorous yelping of the hounds appalls her senses, and her spirit confounds. For now she knows it is no gentle chase, but the blunt boar, rough bear or lion proud 884 because the cry remaineth in one place where fearfully the dogs exclaim aloud finding their enemy to be so cursed they all strain courtsey who shall cope him first 888 this dismal cry rings sadly in her ear through which it enters to surprise her heart who overcome by doubt and bloodless fear with cold pale weakness numbs each feeling part 892 like soldiers when their captain once doth yield They basely fly and dare not stay the field. Thus stands she in a trembling ecstasy, Till cheering up her senses sore dismayed, Eight hundred and ninety-six she tells them Tis a causeless fantasy, And childish error, that they are afraid, Bids them leave quaking, Bids them fear no more, And with that word she spied the hunted boar. Nine hundred. Whose frothy mouth be-painted all with red, Like milk and blood being mingled both together, A second fear through all her sin is spread, Which madly hurries her she knows not whither. Nine hundred and four this way she runs, And now she will no further, But back retires, To rate the boar for murder. A thousand spleens bear her a thousand ways, She treads the path that she untreads again. Nine hundred and eight her more than haste Is mated with delays, Like the proceedings of a drunken brain, Full of respects, Yet not at all respecting, In hand with all things, not at all affecting. Here kindled in a break she finds a hound, 913, and asks the weary caitiff for his master, and there another licking of his wound, gainst venom soars the only sovereign plaster. 916, and here she meets another sadly scowling, to whom she speaks, and he replies with howling. When he hath seized his ill-resounding noise, another flat mouthed mourner, black and grim, 920 against the welkin volleys out his voice. Another and another answer him, clapping their proud tails to the ground below, shaking their scratched ears, bleeding as they go. Look how the world's per people are amazed 925 at apparitions, signs, and prodigies, whereon with fearful eyes they long have gazed, infusing them with dreadful prophecies. 928 so she at these sad signs draws up her breath, and sighing it again, exclaims on death. Hard-favored tyrant, ugly, meager, lean. Nine hundred and thirty one hateful divorce of love, thus chides she death, grim grinning ghost, thirst worm, what dost thou mean to stifle beauty and to steal his breath, who when he lived, his breath and beauty set gloss on the rose, smell to the violet, nine hundred and thirty six if he be dead, oh no, it cannot be seeing his beauty, thou shouldst strike at it, oh yes, it may, thou hast no eyes to see, but hatefully at random dost thou hit. 940, thy mark is feeble age, but thy false dart mistakes that aim, and cleaves an infant's heart. Hadst thou but bid beware, then he had spoke, and hearing him, thy power had lost his power. 944, the destinies will curse thee for this stroke. They bid thee crop a weed, thou pluck'st a flower. Love's golden arrow at him should have fled, and not death's ebon dart to strike him dead. 948. Dost thou drink tears that thou provokest such weeping? What may a heavy groan advantage thee? Why hast thou cast into eternal sleeping those eyes that taught all other eyes to see? Nine hundred and fifty two now nature cares not for thy mortal vigor, since her best work is ruined with thy rigor. Here, overcome, as one full of despair, she veiled her eyelids. Who like sluices stopped 956 the crystal tide that from her two cheeks fair in the sweet channel of her bosom dropped but through the floodgates breaks the silver rain, and with his strong course opens them again. 960 Oh how her eyes and tears did lend and borrow, her eyes seen in the tears, tears in her eye, both crystals, where they viewed each other's sorrow, sorrow that friendly sighs sought still to dry. 964 But like a stormy day! Now wind, now rain, sighs dry her cheeks, tears make them wet again. Variable passions throng her constant woe, as striving who should best become her grief. 968 All entertained, each passion labors so, that every present sorrow seemeth chief, but none is best, then join they all together, like many clouds consulting for foul weather. 972. By this, far off she hears some huntsman holla. A nurse's song ne'er pleased her babe so well. The dire imagination she did follow this sound of hope doth labor to expel. 976 for now reviving joy bids her rejoice, and flatters her it is Adonis' voice. Whereat her tears began to turn their tide, being prisoned in her eye, like pearls in glass. 980 yet sometimes falls an orient drop beside, which her cheek melts, as scorning it should pass to wash the foul face of the sluttish ground. Who is but drunken when she seemeth drown? O hard-believing love, how strange it seems nine hundred and eighty-five not to believe, And yet too credulous! Thy weal and woe are both of them extremes. Despair and hope make thee ridiculous, nine hundred and eighty-eight the one doth flatter thee in thoughts unlikely, in likely thoughts the other kills thee quickly. Now she unweaves the web that she hath wrought, Adonis lives, and death is not to blame. 992 It was not she that called him all to naught, now she adds honours to his hateful name. She cleaps him king of graves, and grave for kings, imperious supreme of all mortal things. 996. No, no, quoth she. Sweet death, I did but jest, yet pardon me, I felt a kind of fear when as I met the boar, that bloody beast, which knows no pity, but is still severe, one thousand then, Gentle shadow, truth I must confess, I railed on thee, fearing my love's decease. Tis not my fault, the boar provoked my tongue, be wreaked on him, invisible commander. One thousand four tis he, foul creature that hath done thee wrong. I did but act, he's author of my slander. Grieve hath two tongues, and never woman yet, could rule them both, without ten women's wit. Thus hoping that Adonis is alive, one thousand nine her rash suspect she doth extenuate. And that his beauty may the better thrive, With death she humbly doth insinuate. One thousand twelve tells him of trophies, Statues, tombs, and stories his victories, His triumphs and his glories. O love, quoth she, How much a fool was I, To be of such a weak and silly mind, One thousand sixteen to wail his death who lives, And must not die till mutual overthrow of mortal kind, For he being dead, With him is beauty slain, And beauty dead, black chaos comes again one thousand and twenty fie fie found love thou art as full of fear as one with treasure laden hemmed with thieves trifles unwitnessed with eye or ear Thy coward heart with false bethinking grieves 1024 even at this word she hears a merry horn whereat she leaps that was but late forlorn as falcon to the lure away she flies the grass stoops not she treads on it so light 10.28, and in her haste unfortunately spies the foul boar's conquest on her fair delight, which seen, her eyes, as murdered with the view, like stars ashamed of day, themselves withdrew, or as the snail, whose tender horns being hit, one thousand and thirty-three shrinks backwards in his shelly cave with pain, and they're all smothered up, in shade dust sit, long after fearing to creep forth again. 10.36. So at his bloody view her eyes are fled into the deep dark cabins of her head, where they resign their office and their light to the disposing of her troubled brain. 10.40. Who bids them still consort with ugly night, and never wound the heart with looks again, who like a king perplexed in his throne, by their suggestion gives a deadly groan. One thousand and forty-four. Whereat each tributary subject quakes, as when the wind imprisoned in the ground, Struggling for passage, earth's foundation shakes, which with cold terror doth men's minds confound. This mutiny each part doth so surprise ten forty-nine that from their dark beds once more leap her eyes. And being opened, through unwilling light upon the wide wound that the boar had trenched in his soft flank, whose wanted lily-white ten fifty-three with purple tears that his wound wept, was drenched. No flower was nigh, no grass, herb, leaf, or weed, but stole his blood and seemed with him to bleed. This solemn sympathy poor Venus noteth, ten fifty-seven over one shoulder doth she hang her head, dumbly she passions, frantically she doteth. She thinks he could not die, he is not dead, one thousand and sixty her voice is stopped, her joints forget to bow, her eyes are mad, that they have wept till now. Upon his hurt she looks so steadfastly, that her sight dazzling makes the wound seem three. And then she reprehends her mangling eye, 1065 that makes more gashes, Where no breach should be, His face seems twain, Each several limb is doubled, For off the eye mistakes, The brain being troubled. My tongue cannot express my grief for one, 1069 and yet, quoth she, Behold two Adon's dead, My sighs are blown away, My salt tears gone, Mine eyes are turned to fire, My heart to lead, 1072 heavy hearts lead, Melt at mine eyes red fire, So shall I die by drops of hot desire. Alas, poor world, what treasure hast thou lost? What face remains alive that's worth the viewing? Whose tongue is music now? What canst thou boast of things long since, Or anything ensuing? 1078 the flowers are sweet, Their colors fresh and trim, But true sweet beauty lived and died with him. Bonnet nor veil henceforth no creature wear. 1081 nor sun nor wind will ever strive to kiss you, having no fare to lose you need not fear, the sun doth scorn you, and the wind doth hiss you. But when Adonis lived, sun and sharp air 1085 lurked like two thieves to rob him of his fare, and therefore would he put his bonnet on, under whose brim the gaudy sun would peep, 1088 the wind would blow it off, and being gone, play with his locks. Then would Adonis weep, and straight, in pity of his tender years, They both would strive who first should dry his tears. To see his face the lion walked along 1093 behind some hedge, Because he would not fear him. To recreate himself when he hath sung, The tiger would be tame and gently hear him. 1096 if he had spoke, the wolf would leave his prey, And never fright the silly lamb that day. When he beheld his shadow in the brook, The fishes spread on it their golden gills. Eleven hundred, when he was by, the birds such pleasure took, that some would sing, some other in their bills would bring him mulberries and ripe red cherries, he fed them with his sight, they him with berries. But this fowl, grim, an urchin snout bore, eleven oh five, whose downward I still looketh for a grave, ne'er saw the beauteous livery that he wore, witness the entertainment that he gave. Eleven oh eight, if he did see his face, why then I know he thought to kiss him and hath killed him so. Tis true, tis true, thus was Adonis slain. He ran upon the boar with his sharp spear, eleven twelve who did not wet his teeth at him again, but by a kiss thought to persuade him there, and nuzzling in his flank, the loving swine sheath, unaware the tusk in his soft groin. One thousand one hundred and sixteen. Had I been tooth like him, I must confess, with kissing him I should have killed him first. But he is dead," And never did he bless my youth with his, the more am I accursed. Eleven twenty with this she falleth in the place she stood, And stains her face with his congealed blood. She looks upon his lips, and they are pale. She takes him by the hand, and that is cold. One thousand one hundred and twenty-four she whispers in his ears a heavy tale, As if they heard the woeful words she told. She lifts the coffer lids that close his eyes, Where lo, two lamps burn out in darkness lies. Two glasses where herself herself beheld eleven twenty-nine a thousand times, And now no more reflect, their virtue lost, Wherein they late excelled, and every beauty robbed of his effect. 11.32. Wonder of time. quoth she, This is my spite, that thou being dead, The day should yet be light. Since thou art dead, lo here I prophesy, Sorrow on love hereafter shall attend, 11.36 it shall be waited on with jealousy. Fine, sweet beginning, but unsavory end. Ne'er settled equally, but high or low, that all love's pleasure shall not match his woe. It shall be fickle, false, and full of fraud. Eleven forty-one bud and be blasted in a breathing while. The bottom poison and the top o'erstrawed with sweets that shall the truest sight beguile. Eleven forty-four, the strongest body shall it make most weak. Strike the wise dumb and teach the fool to speak. It shall be sparing and too full of riot, teaching decrepit age to tread the measures, 1148 the staring ruffian shall it keep in quiet, pluck down the rich, enrich the poor with treasures, it shall be raging mad, and silly mild, make the young old, the old become a child, 1152, it shall suspect where is no cause of fear, it shall not fear where it should most mistrust, it shall be merciful, and too severe, and most deceiving when it seems most just. 1156. Perverse it shall be, where it shows most toward, put fear to valor, courage to the coward. It shall be cause of war and dire events, and set dissension twixt the son and sire. 1160. Subject and servile to all discontents, as dry combustious matter is to fire. Sith in his prime death doth my love destroy, they that love best their love shall not enjoy. One thousand one hundred and sixty-four. By this the boy that by her side lay killed was melted like a vapor from her sight, and in his blood that on the ground lay spilled, a purple flower sprung up, checkered with white, eleven sixty-eight resembling well his pale cheeks, and the blood which in round drops upon their whiteness stood. She bows her head, the new-sprung flower to smell, comparing it to her Adonis breath, eleven seventy-two, and says within her bosom it shall dwell since he himself is reft from her by death. She crops the stalk, and in the breach appears green-dropping sap, which she compares to tears. Per flower, quoth she. This was thy father's guise, sweet issue of a more sweet-smelling sire. For every little grief to wet his eyes, to grow unto himself was his desire. Eleven eighty, and so tis thine. But no, it is as good to wither in my breast as in his blood. Here was thy father's bed, here in my breast. Thou art the next of blood, and tis thy right, one thousand one hundred and eighty-four low in this hollow cradle take thy rest, my throbbing heart shall rock thee day and night, there shall not be one minute in an hour wherein I will not kiss my sweet love's flower. Thus weary of the world, away she hies, eleven eighty-nine and yokes her silver doves, by whose swift aid their mistress mounted through the empty skies, in her light chariot quickly is conveyed. 1192 holding their course to Paphos, where their queen means to immure herself and not be seen. Finus.